Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong! This week, doing a little uh, short sleeve button down rampage double feature. I am the loaf with me, Dr. Sam. What is the matter? Oh, yeah, so there, this week uh, our movies are Falling Down from 1993 and Di Shi Pangguan. Di Shi Pangguan from 1993 or Taxi Hunter. So we'll talk about some uh, pissed off nerds. Yeah. Um, how are you, sir? I bet you're in a great mood. I am in such a great mood that this podcast is going to be aces. Yay, me! Ah, uh, have a day off. I had a day off today, so feeling pretty good. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. We, we, it's it was so so incredible. Well, we we had a little tropical storm action. I don't know if you got any of those those bands of torrential mm-hmm. rain. You guys got it bad. We didn't. Well, we got rain, but we didn't get like that kind of rain. We had we had about five or six inches of rain on Friday, which is quite a bit for here. And um, the the place where I work has a well, it's, it it basically lies in a creek bed, so it's prone to flooding <laughs> if you ever have you know sudden fast rain. That was um, good planning uh, when yeah, they uh, yeah. built that. They didn't. Uh, they probably built it when they didn't know what a fuck a hurricane was. So, um, anyway, the uh, so the mall started to flood on Friday, so everybody got to leave work early. But that made for a miserable Saturday, as everybody was like, "Man, I can't go to the mall tonight. I'm gonna go tomorrow and be a big a bigger asshole than normal." Um, so yeah, so bitter. Yesterday was bad, but today was not bad because all I did was lay on my ass and watch Doctor Who. Yeah, I slept. Okay, because I'm on vacation right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I put the dogs to sleep at 10 o'clock, and I put a shoot interview in, and I bet you I didn't watch 10 minutes of it and fell asleep. <laughs> I woke up two or three times to pee, but just for, like, get up, pee, go lay back down. I slept till 11 o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon, okay? Then I watched both of these movies for the show. Then I got on my motorcycle and went for a ride, and I literally felt like I was, I was like, man, I want to go, go back home and go to sleep and lay down. Now, what the fuck? Are you depressed? Is that, no, no, no. no. Is that like, I don't know what it is, but I mean, geez. When you're sleepy I, all the time, that could be a sign. You've got a little chemical imbalance going. Well, I know I have a fucking chemical imbalance. <laughs> That's not like a secret. <laughs> I said, no. Nah. Let's not talk about that. No. Nah. 
So what have you been watching this week, Seth? You know what? Um, I didn't watch that much, but what's bad is... (laughs) Not much means 38 movies. 38 movies. Um, First of all, I started off because I wanted to get in touch with my um, emotional side and my romantic side. So I watched You've Got Mail with Tom (laughs) Hanks and Meg Ryan. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Now, let me just say, people, this was on TV, and I was laying in the recliner in one of those semi-gonna-fall-asleep sort of stages, I guess. But for some reason, it caught my attention. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen this. So I started watching. I think I'd seen like a little bit of it because I remember the bookstore thing. Right. Meg Ryan is cute. She, she I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. If Meg Ryan like liked me back then when she was cute like that, hey, you know, she seemed like a nice person. She was, she's very tiny because I saw a picture of her in sort of a bikini and she, it's almost like she has no shape. She's just really tiny, mm-hmm. but really petite. So that's kind of, I don't know. But she's so, she's so cute that it's like, okay, you know, that makes up for the titties. And she seems like she might be, you know, <laughs> kind, of, kind of funny. Uh, but the movie's just okay. I mean, you know, I, I did, you know, I don't know. I just found myself there towards the end. I was like, God, why the hell doesn't he just fucking tell her so that they can be happy? They're perfect together. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, you know, but anyway, <laughs> I watched that. I watched the movie, and I got this on iTunes. I rented it because it had uh, – I never heard of it. It stars um, – well, wait a minute. I even brought these up on IMDb so I could click them down. Uh, Nora Ephron was the director of Utah. <laughs> and Greg Kinnear was in it too. Okay, so anyway, so I'm clicking backwards. The next thing I watched was 1965 movie. Mm-hmm. And it stars James Garner, Eva Marie Saint, and Rod Taylor. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's one of the reasons I, it really caught my eye because I was like, okay, I really like Rod Taylor. I never heard of this movie and I like James Garner. It was good. It was, um, it's a World War II movie. And... Um, Garner has to go to oh my god I can't remember if it was Portugal or somewhere or Sweden or I think no it it had to have been like Switzerland or something like that I can't remember exactly where it was but anyway um, and and uh, to be like a um, uh, it's around D Day just and and um, he's going there undercover and he gets captured and rod taylor is a guy who's like uh has all this technique of interrogation or to get information out of people and so not to give anything away because this is the whole concept of the whole fucking movie from the very beginning they make garner think that it's five years later and they and the americans won the war and he's in a in a hospital and he just woke up out of a coma and it's only like a day or two like days later. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool. And they all, all the Nazis are, you know, acting like Americans. Um, so it's a good movie. Uh, I like the mat that the pair up and, uh, Rod Taylor. I like him. He's good. At, I, I just, he's, he's cool. Um, next thing as I'm looking at my list and clicking backwards on the IMDB is a movie that was directed by Fred M. Wilcox. 
1956's Forbidden Planet. Yeah. Now, this movie, along with uh, like Planet of the Vampires, um, is just your, I mean, the epitome, when, when you talk about like Terry Frost having his podcast, Martian Drive-In Podcast, this is the kind of movie, as soon as he said he was going to do that, that I think of. Old school, sci-fi, and even though some of the stuff is is kind of goofy and quirky, which was you know a sign of the times, like Earl Holloman plays a uh, a cook on the spaceship, and it's straight out of like if he was a cook on a navy ship or something. He's real <laughs> goofy, but uh, Leslie Nielsen's in it. Walter Pigeon and Francis walks around with her ass half hanging out of this miniskirt uh, dress, which is pretty nice. And Robbie the robot, yeah. But you know, I like this. This was a kind of pretty smart. Uh, like I like the story. It, it wasn't, you know, just totally stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> now, a movie that was totally stupid that I watched <laughs> from 2007, directed by Dennis Dugan. I don't know if he's related to Hacksaw Jim Dugan or Duggan, <laughs> uh, but it was. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Oh, no. yes, starring Adam Sandler, <laughs> Paul Blart, Mall Cop. Was it just Dustin on, Gilbert. and you were, could reach the remote? Was that what yes, was wrong? Yes, it was just on. Okay, <laughs> now this movie is fucking offensive as hell. <laughs> Rob Schneider plays a an Asian stereotype straight out of. Um, uh, breakfast with at Tiffany's with uh, when Mickey Rooney played the Asian guy in that, and he's like, "What the what the what the which we were just doing right before the show. Anyway, <laughs> but the, I think they were trying to make, and boy, Adam Sandler looks fat uh, in this picture where Paul Blart is holding him up on the movie poster. He's got a big ass, but compared to Paul <laughs> Blart, they show him in the in the shower. Oh, he's fat and. um um, now, the plus in this movie is is you you get to see Jessica Biel and this one scene where they pretty much fixate on her ass. Yeah, she's like getting while, dressed or something. Yeah, when yeah. she's all wet and she's her, her panties are like kind of riding up, and as she's shivering, her butt's jiggling and stuff. That was a highlight. This movie was um, <laughs> otherwise oh, was a big f- low light. <laughs> it was offensive. I mean, I I don't know, man. It was so full of stereotypes, and maybe it was to show. I don't know if if they were trying to. Sh- I I don't know. It was. I just thought it was fucking awful. Uh, <laughs> and um, what's his name? Ving uh, Ving Rames. Oh, he was brutal. Um, <laughs> next movie, which was not brutal, which is a classic. Uh, it, well, not a, this one isn't a classic. I thought on my list I left one out, and it's on here. But this one is 1993's, uh, directed by Peter Medak, and uh, it is starring Gary Oldman uh, and Lena Olin, Annabella Sciorra, and Juliette Lewis. It's called Romeo is Bleeding. Now, have you seen this? Mm-mm. Dude, another one you fucking need, I need to see. I need you to start making me a list, because I can always forget. Oh, this is, this is uh, Lena Olin is so bad in this movie. And I'm not talking about bad as in she's her acting's bad. I'm talking about fucking bad. <laughs> she is so hot and so wicked in this fucking movie that from the first time I saw it, I mean, I'm just like, oh, my God. And, and it's, it's a noir. It's a modern noir. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Gary Oldman. This was when, like, I don't know when Sid and Nancy came out, but it was this one wasn't too long after that, and maybe uh, uh, Leon the Professional. But it was right when he was really kicking off. Annabella Sciorra is, I mean, she's like as bad as Lena Olin is in this. She is the nice girl that you would just love to come home to every day in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then Lena Olin is the one that would tempt you so much that you would fuck up a relationship <laughs> with the great nice girl. And Juliet Lewis is just gross. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's good. It's really good. And Roy Scheider's in it too. And it's fucking violent as hell. Romeo is bleeding. Oh my God. Tell me that alarm is not going off on that fucking phone. Just like it was last week on my kitchen. <laughs> Same fucking, time. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Nine o'clock. Okay. Next thing. I'll get it a little bit. Um, I watched uh, 1982's uh, Sidney Lumet's uh, The Verdict with um, Paul Newman, Charlotte Rampling, and Jack Warden. This is a fucking modern classic. I've watched it. I bought it. Put it on my iPad. I have seen this movie a shitload of times. Possibly Paul Newman's best movie. And that's saying a lot because he's been in a lot of fucking great movies. This movie was awesome. It's good. And Mammoth uh, did uh, was like he wrote the screenplay, mm-hmm. but the, but the dialogue isn't as in some of his movies. The dialogue it's 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 become mammoth dialogue, you know. But this isn't like that. Um, it's but it's good. Uh, next thing I watched was another iTunes rental, which I just I, I just found when I was looking at uh, looking on there at movies. Uh, 1969, Elia Kazan directed this, and it's called The Arrangement with Kirk Douglas and Faye Dunaway. And uh, that's what got me because I thought I had seen or heard of most of Kirk Douglas's movies, and I had never heard of this. And pairing him up with Faye Dunaway, who is so <laughs> fucking good looking in this goddamn movie that your, your head will, like, it'll fall off on the fucking floor, roll around, and look up at you and go, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> She is so good looking in this fucking movie that uh, I'm young. This is Bonnie and Clyde time, and mm-hmm. she was really fucking beautiful. Um, it's weird. I didn't know what to think of it because basically, Kirk is a guy. He's it's sort of in a way like falling down without the violence. Mm-hmm. He goes batshit kind of. He's a married guy who goes. He's an executive uh, in this, you know, successful executive. He's rich and everything, and he and he kind of fucking flips out. Uh, but it's it's good. But eh, I, I don't know. I just don't know what to think about it. Some yeah, you people will have to check it out and let us know what you think. The next thing I watched was uh, oh, I forgot to put down Gangs of New York. I watched that last night. It was on TV. It was on Bravo. Like. Back to back to back to back. They must have just showed Gangs of New York all day long. And so I flipped it on and watched that. It's a good movie. I like it. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis is fucking great and everything. Um, eh, Cameron Diaz. Um, I can take her or leave her in a role like this. Um, she kind of reminds me of... Um, who was the one that was in the Jack the Ripper movie? Um, with Johnny Depp. Fuck, I can't even remember what that movie was called. From Hell? Yeah, From Hell. Um, Heather Graham. Heather Graham. It's, I, like Heather, I think Heather Graham's really pretty. And 
and but it's sort of the same thing. I don't think I th- I think both these both those movies would have done better to get somebody else to play uh, the lead chick. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're up up to that level. Uh, next thing I watched, <laughs> uh, I watched Transformers 2007. <laughs> Michael Bay. I still haven't watched it. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it was on tonight okay. uh, while I was waiting to do the show. Um, and the reason I watched it was I turned it on, and right when I turned it on, uh, Megan Fox was on there. And you know, say what you want about this turd of a fucking movie, and how you know it's just a goddamn roller coaster and Michael Bay and all this stuff. He shot her well. Uh, <laughs> you know, she and say what you want about her as an actor. I'd fuck the shit out of her until her goddamn brains <laughs> turned to marshmallow and her eyeballs turned to jelly, as Terry Funk would say. Not about fucking Dusty Rhodes, but you know. <laughs> well, you never know. You never know. He was going to whoop on him and spur on him in a Texas death match. Uh, I watched uh, a few uh, shoot interviews. Uh, one that I, I kept pulling the little sleeve thing out, and it said Wolf on it. And I'm like, who the fuck is that? And I put it back, and then I pulled it out, and I thought, I wonder who that is. And I put it in, and it was Gary Wolf, uh, who was Pitbull number one uh, of the tag team, the Pitbulls, in like ECW. I've got, this that, was a, I've got that whole stack of shoots that you sent me, and I still haven't fucking watched any of them. Fucker. <laughs> See how nice I am? I Jeff Conn. Uh, what? What? Anyway, <laughs> anyway uh, but this one was really good because I thought that uh, he had pretty much only wrestled in ECW because they were a big tag team there, mm-hmm. and um, and I assumed that after that broke up, like a lot of guys, he just wrestled the Indies. He wrestled in Japan and all over the world pretty much even before ECW, and had a lot of stories about like Han- Stan Hansen and the Road Warriors, and yeah, yeah. guys like that from Japan. And he actually, Shane Douglas, when they wrestled in ECW, they fucked up in the ring, and Shane Douglas actually broke the C1 vertebrae in his neck. And that pretty much, that's the one right up at the very top of your, that hooks your skull to your spinal cord or whatever. Yeah. And uh, that's almost a given that, it, that you'll, you die when that breaks, and he didn't die. And so it was a big thing, and they put him. I remember they put him in a halo. He was off for like eight months. They had the screws that are, were attached into his forehead, yeah, because uh, they had to put a halo on him and everything. But I mean, it's a pretty good shoot. And um, uh, he talks a lot about the guys that, that that died and everything. Next one I watched was a uh, Sam Houston shoot interview. And if you ever watched TBS wrestling, you know uh, Sam Houston. He was young up and comer guy. He wore the big. He wore the big cowboy boot. Well, the yeah. the, the uh, not. He didn't wear cowboy boots, but he wore wrestling boots, the red and white ones that yeah, looked sort of like, like Barry cowboy Wendell boots. Yeah, I really rooted for him to, to win baby. the TV title. Yeah, he was married to Baby Doll, and he is Jake the Snake Roberts' brother. Oh, I never uh, knew that. Yeah, and Grizzly Smith's son. Uh, let's see. Danny Spivey shoot, which is really it's better. Some of the guys that you don't even think about. It just depends on how much they're willing to open up and talk trash. And, mm-hmm. and hearing him talk about uh, getting in a locker in an in-ring and then locker room fight with Adrian Adonis is awesome. <laughs> As Adrian Adonis was supposed to be this bully because he was an amateur wrestler and he took advantage of all these guys. And apparently, when Danny Spivey came into the WWF as you know with the blonde hair, he kind of looked like Hulk Hogan. Uh, he had been a former 
pro football player with the Jets, and he said, obviously, he didn't know who I was, and he tried to do some shit to Danny <laughs> Spivey, and Danny Spivey almost beat him half to death, thus uh, giving Danny Spivey the reputation that you do not want to fuck with Danny Spivey, and Adrian Adonis, uh, it was the classic uh, bully Someone standing up to a bully, and then the guy never, the bully never being the same again. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I watched an episode of Perry Mason, waiting for the show to come on, or for us to do the show. And the and I watched uh, <laughs> 2005. Uh, this movie is called Into the Sun, and it's directed by a guy only known as Mink, M I N K, <laughs> and it stars Steven Seagal. Okay. This oh, wait. Into the Sun. I've ha- I have this on DVD and I've never finished it. Into the Sun. Okay. It's not that bad. The only problem that I have... Okay, it's shot really well. Uh, it's rated R. It's very violent from word go. Uh, it's shot really well. So Mink does a good job, whoever the fuck he is. Price of all. Uh, <laughs> but I will say this. The fucked up thing about it is it was shot in South Korea. Or... It, it, yeah, in South Korea, and um, it's supposed to take place in Tokyo and Hong Kong. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, a good portion of it is in Chinese or whatever dialect they're t- they're talking, and they don't have subtitles. So yeah. I watched it on Netflix. So a lot of times, the guy, someone will be talking to Seagal, and then when the guy goes away, he'll look over at his partner and say, "He said, you know." Well, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. So it kind of explains. But you know, it's like, God damn, put fucking subtitles on there. <laughs> and there's times where Seagal's speaking Chinese or or Korean or Japanese or whatever the fuck. Because I thought it was, you know, going to be a, a Hong Kong movie, but then it said it was shot and it says South Korea. So I assume I don't assume anything because I don't speak any of it. So I don't know. But Seagal wasn't bad in it, and. uh it wasn't a bad movie for an action movie. So, yeah. and uh, then I um, just a couple of things that I wanted to add. I got uh, the movie Fat City with Stacy Keach and mm-hmm. Jeff Bridges in the mail today, and I love that fucking movie. And now I have it on DVD. I wanted to download it to my iPad, but they do not have it. Can, uh, Amazon you, didn't have it, and you neither can figure did it out. It's it's there's ways to get it on there. Well, I know. Um, and I've been reading some comics, including the Indestructible Hulk. And New Avengers, which New Avengers is kind of, you know, do you know anything about that Illuminati shit that's going on? No, I'm, I'm totally out of the loop on superhero. Well, films. they have this group called the Illuminati, and it was Professor X, the Submariner, Reed Richards, Tony Stark, and Black Panther, I think. And now the Beast is in there because Professor X is dead. But they are this group that is supposedly... They're making the hard decisions, uh, like if they knew something was going to happen and they had to make a preemptive strike or something that might kill a whole bunch of innocent people. Mm -hmm. But if they didn't, the planet would blow up or something like that. They say, well, we're the smartest and people on on Earth or whatever and and whatever. But so they – and so – most nobody knows that they even exist except them because right. if they invite you to join and then you don't join like professor x would wipe your mind clean so you wouldn't remember <laughs> it and sh- so it's they're doing some really 
shit that is kind of like, uh, ooh, this stuff isn't like really good, like stuff that a hero should be doing. But their thing is the greater good. So anyway, that for some reason the New Avengers, it's still called the New Avengers, but they've been doing that Illuminati shit for the, and some some major stuff is going to be happening soon. I can feel it. <laughs> so anyway, that's all. That's um. I had a I had a pretty good week for considering what I've my my track record recently getting back in the swing of it a little bit I guess um, I uh, I don't remember if I said last week that I bought the Die Hard quadrilogy yeah. on mm-hmm. Blu-ray um, so I watched uh, you know we we did Mikey's we did Action Traction last year God that was it or was that 2011 Jesus it's been a long time um, we did Die Hard two. Die Hard 1, I've seen tons. So I decided to revisit Die Hard with a Vengeance, which I haven't seen, because I, I still haven't seen the fourth one. But I haven't seen this one maybe since, it might have even been the 90s that I saw that movie the last time. Um, and Simon says, this movie fucking rules. The, uh, the You know, Bruce Willis, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, I, I, I like the team up. Lots of F-bombs in the movie, which help. And um, uh, Jeremy Irons is uh, kind of silly, but but good in it. It's a, it's a, it's a good movie. Well, I like it's. Uh, it makes me smile, and it it fucking doesn't stop, which is uh, what I appreciate in an action movie. So, well, that one. Do you, I mean, do you think that Iron's character was a little too close to, you know? Well, it was his brother. Well, I know, but I mean, it was so. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, he didn't. He had. Iron's character was a little more like toying with him, though. I mean, that was the yeah. difference there. And then they had the whole, you know, it's the bit instead of being trapped in a building or the airport, like in the second one. This is like they're running all over the fucking place. Um, I've always liked this movie, so it's it's. I'm I'm glad I own it. It's finally it's been forever. So um, let's see. I watched. So my brother told me about this uh, game to check out. This Japanese um, game that was on the Nintendo way back when. Well, it was on the Japanese Nintendo. But the the fans have since translated it. It's called Sweet Home. Well, it was it, it was weird because this this game was released in 1989 alongside the horror movie of the same name. Um, generally, the same story, and I'm not sure. That usually, you know, the the uh, it's like a shitty game that follows up a movie. Um, but I think these were released on the same day. So, um, but Sweet Home is about a a TV crew that's going to. Um, this abandoned mansion way off in the woods and they're going to, they're trying to find this famous artist's fresco that he painted on this wall in this mansion that nobody has seen, ever seen it completed. And so they're, they're kind of documenting the, the cleaning up and the restoration of this fresco, but then the house ends up being haunted. Um, so it, it, there's some pretty wild special effects and stuff. I mean, for a, you know, an eighties Japanese horror film, um, some pretty wild looking stuff. Uh, it's a pretty good little movie. Um, it was fun. It's pretty gory too. I was surprised. Um, let's see. I watched. So I had um, last Wednesday off. So instead of watching quality shit, I as I <laughs> usually do, I put on uh, some just total garbage. Um, I watched this movie called American Revenge. Um, from 1988, starring a bunch of people I'd never seen except for... Mr. Samurai Cop himself, Matt Hannon, who is ah. the, he's the main bad guy. This movie is pretty brutal for the most part, but man, it's, there's there's some really funny, bad, good shit in it, <laughs> or good, bad, which whichever way you want to say it. 
Um, some of the fight scenes are really hysterical. It's it's shot on video. It's not even shot on film, so it looks it looks like a it looks like either a porno or a soap opera, like or maybe both. Yeah. <laughs> um, I posted a clip of this one thing. I love this one scene. I uh, rewound this thing like eight times to watch it. But this one of the main guys, the the main guy is he seems to be German. I guess he's A.D. Muyik. Um, but then there's another guy, James. I guess he's James Van Patten. I don't say I didn't look. James Van Patten is the other main character. I'm thinking, and he's kind of the he's not the the good fighter and everything. He's kind of he uses his head and he's kind of uh, smart ass. Anyway, he he. Uh, borrows a shotgun from somebody shoots this guy that's walking out of the bathroom but right before it, he goes forgot to wash your hands and the guy's like oh shit <laughs> he blows him away and then this look on his face he has this weird look and then he blows off the shotgun he goes yeah <laughs> i don't know why he says yeah but it made me laugh so hard. this van Patten's were pretty big there for a while i don't know if that was them i don't know if that was uh, if he was related to anybody i don't know oh yeah had to have been. James there was like 12 of them <laughs> it could have been but man when he goes when he goes yeah after blowing off the show, it makes no sense but i really laughed and the other piece of shit i watched was uh sci fighters um this has billy drago in it who was in that movie with the mm. uh, with the uh, uh oh, what is his name swayze's brother Don Swayze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's got Roddy Piper, and Roddy Piper is playing the, um, the uh, he's the well, he's the good guy in this one. But thankfully, he does have some pretty like Roddy Piper wild moments. Um, what this movie ends up being is kind of a. It's mostly he's mostly like Rick Deckard, like Blade Runner. It's mostly that kind of movie. Um, but there's a little bit of demolition man inside too, inside the movie too, because it's kind of takes place half underground and stuff because of, but uh, anyway, Billy Drago has been on a, on a prison colony on the moon and he gets is some Drago is the star. No. Well, he's the main villain. Um, oh, okay. I was going to say he's always the fucking villain. Yeah. And he's got, he's got some virus. So he looks all fucked up the whole movie. It, it, it was all right. I mean, you know, yeah, it was kind of a turd, but it was fun for a straight <laughs> uh, mid nineties stuff. So, um, I watched uh, American Commandos. So instead of a, this is a Christopher Mitchum movie and John Philip Law. Uh, instead of uh, Indonesia, this is the Philippines, and this was not very good. I was really hope had I had higher hopes for this one. Kind of a, I guess it's kind of a Delta Force movie almost. It's a revenge movie. Basically, Mitchum's his wife and kid get fucked up by this gang, and. Instead of just like killing the gang, the story becomes like he figures out the gang is part of like this some kind of drug ring. So he assembles all these old green green beret buddies to go and like wipe out the whole drug ring <laughs> out in the middle of the jungle. So it really it's kind of disjointed. Doesn't it's not that good. Uh, but it's got an awesome poster with fucking Mitchum with his big he's just ripped with his giant machine gun. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Looks nothing like him in real life except except for his head. Um, let's see. My wife wanted to watch something. She picked Jeff who lives at home. I'd already seen this. Um, still really good. Uh, this is the Duplass brothers, uh, Jason Siegel and Ed Helms are in it. Susan Sarandon's in it. Um, you know, I, did you see this one? Jeff who lives at home. Jeff who, I started to watch it and I never finished it. Yeah, it's, a, it's a good, I mean, movie. I didn't even watch like five minutes of it. Yeah. It's a, it's like an hour and 20. It's really, I liked it a lot. It's like, you know, second time I'd seen it. I posted on Twitter that I was watching it and, uh, 
uh, Jay Duplass retweeted me or favorited me, so I thought that was pretty cool. But <laughs> um, it's a good little movie. It's on Netflix Instant, so you can uh, definitely spend your hour and twenty minutes a, a worse way than this. So I like it. It's it's a. Uh, I kind of wondered after I watched it if the Duplass brothers were are Buddhist. That's a, kind of the message in it is this whole like uh, living in the moment kind of thing, and you know things everybody being interconnected in some way it's it was, do you live in the moment i try but it doesn't work a lot of the time i'm like fuck fuck <laughs> the moment um, sucks <laughs> yeah um let's see i decided to watch uh a jackie chan movie which is always a minefield for me mostly stepping on right on the middle of mines and regretting it afterwards <laughs> uh wheels on meals uh this is a Jackie Chan, Yuen Biao, and Sammo Hung. Um, it takes place in Spain. And it started off strong. I, I was like, okay, I might be into this one. This, this movie, I think it's from like 1984. Um, but God the middle of this movie just fucked. I, it almost got me. I, I couldn't, I hardly, I, I almost <laughs> didn't finish it. And I don't know what it is about Jackie Chan movies. I just, I can never get into them. Um, uh, Benny Jed is in it. Uh, Benny the Jed or whatever his name is. I forgot his real last name. Um, his fight scenes are fucking amazing and there's some really good, uh, action in it, but man, the stuff that's not terrible. Uh, this movie's like 75% turd. (laughs) Seventy-five <laughs> percent turd and twenty-five yeah. percent corn. It's like a tur- it's like a turd with some nice like cinnamon sugar sprinkle on top. It's <laughs> not bad. I mean, it's not all bad. And then um, I uh, I put myself in a special frame of mind last night and watched the Burbs. <laughs> God, Hanks. man, you watch some garbage. No wonder you're <laughs> fucking. Bad. This movie is really fucking funny if you're uh, if, you, <laughs> if you approach it the right way. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's they're all like this is really funny if you approach it the right way. <laughs> no, if you watch good movies, then there's movies out there that you don't have to approach in quote unquote the right way. Well, I I was you I can was, have the same effect. <laughs> I was unsure if I had seen this. Um, this is a definitely a different movie. I, I was pretty sure afterwards that I have seen it before. Cinematic is uh, you better just I don't. Know. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty funny when I watched it this time. Well, I'm sure. <laughs> but that's like I said. Okay, now if you do things and then like you see leaves fall off a tree and you're laughing your ass off. <laughs> Are the leaves falling off the trees funny, or is they, they are at that moment? Man, you should have seen this leaf; it just twisted around in the well, air. Like I said there's stuff that is actually funny, you know. The, this one, whatever. This, it's hard for me to find comedies. This one worked for me this time. Bruce Dern was really silly in it. Corey Feldman stinks, by the way. <laughs> oh my god! And Carrie Fisher was pretty cute in this. She was kind of milfy. I liked her. She showed off her cleavage a few times. She was this was before she got kind of all raspy and uh yeah, and very well, she's really old. Yeah, yeah. But uh yeah, I liked it. I mean it's not it's not my favorite. It's 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 better, I'll say this. I liked it a lot better than Joe versus the volcano. Um still haven't seen that. It's a really it's, it's a strange movie. It's it's uh it's it's fun. Um especially yeah. Six. <laughs> And uh, like I said, I just watched Doctor Who a lot more. Daily Motion. I looked up stuff about Daily Motion. It's an interesting. It's like the French YouTube, apparently. But um, it's awesome because on my Apple TV, 
I've got the Daily Motion app on my iPad and my iPhone, but it's it's really neat the way they've worked out this app. I can play a video on Daily Motion, and I can put, totally put my phone to sleep. And so my phone can just be sitting on the table, and it's streaming to the TV. Uh, it's pretty awesome. So I don't have to watch it on my computer or anything. But um, there's so much old Doctor Who on there. I just go and I look for the actual titles of the of the different uh, storylines that they have. I'm surprised that you haven't um, found a way to have like every episode ever made of Doctor Who. I don't. I've tried. I it, one, it takes fucking uh-huh. forever, and yeah, two, yeah. I don't have enough storage. <laughs> well, let me ask you a question because okay. I was listening to podcast without honor and humanity. Now, I since you were talking about like this, was it a movie or something that that uh, was based on a game or something like yeah, that? Yeah, Sweet Home, the Japanese one. Yeah, J- Jake was talking about apparently this new technology that they're coming out with for the Xbox One, the new Xbox. Mm-hmm. Where you have to download the game to basically to the Xbox. Right. And how, I mean, are, would, are you going to have to have like an external hard drive? Because if you have like these Blu ray games that are like really take up a lot of space, plus. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I think, I, I don't think they're going to give a ton of space on this new thing. And I think you're going to have to figure out some kind yeah, of way. Uh, but and he I, was saying that, that, I mean, it's basically a way that they're going to totally fuck everybody on buying or using used games. Oh, totally. Like if I get a used game, then I'm pretty much just, it's, it would be like, I'd have to pay almost a brand new price to play it. Definitely. It's yeah. not like you're going to go to the mall and be able to, and, and you know, so whatever. They're, they're yeah. just a bunch of cocksuckers. And what's funny with the Nintendo games, I've got, a, I've got an SD card, a micro SD card uh, with every, pretty much every single Nintendo and Japanese Nintendo game on ever made. Hmm. <laughs> just one little, you know, and that's funny, like the, they used to make games that would take hours and hours to beat, you know, some of that was just due to uh, poor design that just made the game draw out some but yeah you know you know you get a game now that's takes 15 16 hours to beat and that takes that has to be on a blu-ray as where you know you got a game like legend of zelda takes a few hours to beat and that's you know that would i mean fuck it's like a less than a couple megs so yeah i don't know well i imagine you know that's gonna you know go the way of fucking probably movies too is is uh it's going to get, you know, like a lot of the shit that I get, I'll get on Amazon and buy something, you know, that when it first came out might have been fourteen ninety nine or something like nineteen ninety nine, But after so many years, you can get it for two bucks or sometimes real cheap. And, um, you know, well, you, well, I mean, whatever. well you've got, they're the, just, you, you get the movies on, on iTunes a lot and that, that can't go anywhere. You know, if like nobody can ever get those from you at yeah. the end of the road. It's the end of the road. <laughs> Apple. Yeah, they're having everything. Fucking Apple. Well, I mean, you know, they're trying to figure out a way to fucking uh, hang well, on to all the money. So, uh, the the real quick, the Doctor Who's that I watched. I watched Android Invasion. The uh, this is season thirteen still, I think. Yeah, season thirteen. 
That's the one I posted all the photos of a bunch of androids without the faces. So that yeah. <laughs> it happened a lot. Like the face would come off and it would just be like eyeballs and machinery. Um, for some reason, I don't know why, I totally didn't watch the last two storylines of season 13. And, and today I skipped right to season 14 and started watching... Um, I, I need to go back. What was good, I guess, about the older ones is that a lot of the time the stories were completely independent, so it doesn't really matter what order you watch yeah. them in. Um, now, of course, you know the episodes in a particular storyline would have to come in order. But then I, I, I moved for whatever reason to season fourteen, and I watched this thing called The Mask of Mandragora or Mandragora. I forgot how they pronounced it in the show, and the I. The, the the historical episodes of Doctor Who were never my favorite. This one takes place in like 15th century Italy, I think. And so I wasn't looking forward to it when I started it. But it ended up being pretty cool because it kind of... I really like the way they tied, you know, future, then current day, which would have been night, late 70s, and ancient, or not ancient, uh, you know, 14th, 15th century mm-hmm. science altogether. Um, you know, he kept having to explain things what was going on in the language that they would understand in, in Italy in 19 in you know, 1490 or whenever it was, they were there. So it was, it was a good little, good little story. So, but I'm going to have to go back to season 13 and finish the last two. So it's weird. Like some of the, some of my favorite Star Trek, the original series mm-hmm. episodes were ones where they went back in time. Yeah. Like either to the old, the okay corral or the <laughs> gang, the planet where, you know, that somebody had left a book about the Chicago gangsters, so the whole planet, which was an alien planet, started taking after Al Capone and their structure and everything. Well, but, you know. Yeah. Well, I watched the I, I watched a lot of the first Doctor Who, which was, uh, what was that guy's name? Uh, William Hartnell. Mm-hmm. Um, and whenever they'd go to the past, it was just, <laughs> I didn't like those. Yeah. And on the new shows, you know, the past ones are hit or miss for me. Um and I don't know why, but this one, this one it really worked. So, anyway, uh, why don't we take a break? Uh, do you have a reference which movie we cover first? I don't care. Let's do Taxi Hunter. Okay. Uh, we'll come back and talk about Taxi Hunter or Dishi Pan Dishi Panguan. We'll be right back. talk to you about something very important today. That's outside the cinema. I know a lot of you listening now enjoy the film world. Boy, outside the cinema covers all kinds of good films. If you're looking for the classics, perhaps you're looking for a good old Nazi film where the Nazis torture and rape everyone in sight. Or giant monsters crawl from the sea. Or perhaps an Italian film where Edward's finish takes her clothes off for no apparent reason. Or renegade bikers just do whatever they damn well please. Perhaps even occasionally turn into a werewolf. Then Outside the Cinema is your place to go. That's www.outsidethecinema.com Outside the Cinema, your source for cult movie discussion. Midnight drive with two buddies and I. I turned and I looked at my friends. I said with a frown, You can roll them all down, cause somebody has just broke wind. Well, they did their best to deny and protest. They hadn't started no breeze. But I said just the same, I know I ain't to blame, and yet somebody is cutting the cheese. 
where we argued a while through the midnight miles, and we stopped at a little cafe. An old waitress in jeans said, our specialty is beans. He said, take them things away. Well, she must have overheard our joking words about the crime with no confession. Because when we looked up from our coffee cups, oh, you should have seen her expression. Well, we made some trouble. We need a better screening process for the music for the show. Yep. (laughs) That was Demise's choice. Blame her. All right, our first movie of the day. Uh, Taxi Hunter, or Dishi Panguan, from 1993, directed by Herman Yao, starring one of our favorites, Anthony Wong, and some other people. Zom, or, I, guess I, need to, I guess I need to summarize it. What were you saying? There are some other people in it. Yeah. Mild-mannered businessman Anthony Wong's life is shattered when his pregnant wife is run over by a busy taxi driver. Busy? Really? This and another incident with a sleazy cab driver causes Wong to go on a mission to kill bad taxi drivers. Yeah. Uh, so, Zom, what did you think of <laughs> Taxi Hunter? Taxi Hunter. Um, I watched this movie today. Yeah, I, yeah. I, uh, I did too. Okay. It's weird because the first time I was introduced to Anthony Wong was in some really fucking cool-ass movies <laughs> where he played a real badass. So it's strange when you see him in some of these movies where he's kind of a nerdy. nerdy. Yeah, It'd be like Charles yeah. Bronson, you know, and then you watch a movie and he plays a dork. <laughs> and he was a – Wong was a dork a lot. He was either a creep or a dork. <laughs> like us. Yes. <laughs> Creep or dork. I don't know who is who, but we'll figure it out. But he, I mean, he was a little bit chubby, a little yeah. bit nerdy. And there was, I don't know at what point, I'm, I'm not well versed enough in Hong Kong cinema to know, but there's a certain point when all of a sudden he became like cool motherfucker. He cut his yeah. hair a little bit. He, 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 uh, well, I think slimmed he just up got the face older. a little just- bit. Yeah, he just kind of grew into his his uh, I don't know, whatever. But anyway, let's this this isn't just Wong. Talk. <laughs> he paid his dues. He paid his dues. He, he paid his dues. Yeah, yeah. He got jobbed out at first. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, this movie it, it it he does a good job because mm-hmm. uh, it starts out with basically, uh, well, it actually starts out like a bad motherfucking movie. I mean, not bad as in bad, bad as in cool. Yeah. Uh, because it starts out with this really cool action sequence. And I was like, holy shit, uh, this might actually be good. <laughs> so well, I, thought I, it, I thought it was going to go that route. I thought this was going to be a little wilder than it ended yeah, up being. Yeah, but, but then it settles down. And I, yeah. and I do think that it probably, I actually read where someone made the comment that they think that they did that just to, to, to grab a hold of you. Yeah, yeah. Because it, then it's, it, it it does kind of slow down. Um, this movie it's not just a straight up action movie. It's it it it, it has a lot of different layers mm-hmm. because um, it has some funny ass shit in it. <laughs> uh, and the funny ass shit, oh what the hell? There's not a lot of pictures with the th- with the people's names, so it's kind of hard for me to. Yeah. Okay. The one guy. Um, let's see. I wrote his name down. Uh, Oh, Mac, M A C. I guess that's what they, well, one of the things they call uh, Mac Suit Yan. Or no, that's a girl. That's Athena Chu. I think. Anyway. I, I think Mac was the uh, the news reporter girl. Then you yeah, had Ah Gao. 
He was the uh he was annoying. He was the one that wore the sideways <laughs> baseball hat and everything. He sucked. He you, was fucking so stupid. <laughs> I thought he was funny. God, I gotta hated him. I think you was the the super cop, and then uh, Ken was Anthony Wong's character's name, who was the 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 insurance salesman nerd murderer. Okay. If a Chinese guy. What? If a if a now this is Hong Kong, right? Yes. Okay, and so they would be Chinese. Well, not yet, but they were still British at this point. But yes, I mean they're more or less Chinese, but they were. Yeah, but I'm just yeah. saying that the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. this. Okay, if an Asian guy tries to act like an African American hip hop guy, <laughs> what, especially when you, he's like 50, this dude yeah, wasn't even young. Yeah. yeah, what would you call him? Because there's <laughs> a thing know. where like a white guy tries to act like that, and there's a name for that. Uh, I don't know what he would be called. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, and then he kind of well, he's supposed to be like undercover at first. So I think, and at first I thought that they were going to be two young guys, and then I looked at that guy. I go, that guy's not fucking that young. No. He looks like an older guy, and he he mixed and matched his apparel at first. It looked bad anyway. He was only oh my god, that guy was only forty years old. He seemed older than that. Yeah. Well, he had like a, he had a Texas Longhorns hat on sideways <laughs> with like a big tag hanging off of it. And then he had like a lot of Boston Celtics stuff on. Then the next time you saw him, he had on like all Chicago Bulls stuff. So I thought, well, at least he's got his... At least he's uh, matching now. Matching up. And then the next thing, he had like a, a Celtics and a green like Bulls jersey. And then the one time, I don't know if it was like, I know it wasn't fucking NASCAR. It was must have been uh, soccer because he had one on that had all kinds of fucking shit. Oh, on. yeah, the weird 90s shirt with all yeah. the different patches. And the yeah, that, that was pretty hideous. He, no, um, I thought he was undercover too. That, that tag hanging off his hat, I think that was his police ID. Oh, was it? I, I think so because I was trying I to figure out if it was part of the, like, the sale of the hat, but I think it was actually his ID. Yeah. Remember when it was a big thing for some reason to these guys that leave like the tags or the stickers and shit on and their It still is. It, it's back. Really? So, yeah, because oh, oh. I I got so pissed the other day. I walked I was walking into the store <laughs> and there was a dude wearing a a Pittsburgh Penguins hat and the fucking hat was at a 45 degree angle to his head and it was and it was tilted. <laughs> the brim was perfectly straight, which is really obnoxious to me. Uh. Fucking bend it. And it had the big hologram sticker underneath it. <laughs> and it matched his shoes. And it bugged me. The main thing that bugged me, well, the main thing that bugged me was probably the fact that his hat looked so retarded. But the, 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 what bugged me was that there's no way this dude was a fucking Penguins fan. I've given up asking, like, trying to start conversations when people have sports teams' hats on. You know, you come in and somebody's like wearing, like, a... Fucking like rain, like a I don't know Texas Rangers hat. You're like, oh, you don't see too many Texas Rangers hats, and they're like, yeah, like they they're not they don't even probably watch baseball, <laughs> yeah. and they just have the fucking hat to match their shoes. And oh man, I hate that fucking style, dude. When that shit started up, oh my god, I I I I am just I'm right there with you because I was like, what fuck. <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> I've got one. Well, I've got one baseball cap right now that I only that I wear as I, I've got two. But my 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 Boston hat's pretty torn up. My wife always gets on me when I wear it. So it's kind of been semi retired. So uh, I've got a Paw Sox hat now that I wore. I, I bought it at a Durham Bulls game last year. So if I'm wearing a baseball cap, it's that one. 
brim is nice and bent because I hate when I pick it, when I have to wear it up on my head. When it's straight, it fucking hurts, too. <laughs> I've never worn one straight. Oh. Even when I was a kid, I, nobody wore them like that. No. As soon as you buy it, you fucking, you bend it. And when you're yeah, a kid, you, you used it. to fucking put a rubber band around it and make it really curved. Oh, yeah. <laughs> work that motherfucker. Yeah. I, well, we're, you know, whatever. We're rednecks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Um, I I still hate when baseball players wear the fucking pants that go all the way down to their shoes and look like pajama bottoms. I like when they... Danny <laughs> Ramirez always did that. When we wore them, we wore them like almost right below your knees mm-hmm. and you had the long socks. Yeah, I, I, that's the way I always wore them. Let's see. Anyway. So anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> that annoying dude in his... A movie. Yeah. Uh, I liked at the beginning, they they... You know, played some decent music, especially the intro, because they shot it like from the the actual top of a taxi cab, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. by the so you saw the sign on the the glowing sign on the top that says you know taxi or whatever, and it's just while they're doing the uh, the titles, uh, that they are just you know going down through, I guess Hong Kong or wherever. So anyway, um, the the guy. <laughs> I don't know. I just that, that guy was so stupid that I just found it to be more funny than any you know. Gow, gow, yeah, uh, ah, gow. Yeah. He fucking is eating like eggs over easy. Ugh, what? His, what was that? He took his straw out and he sucked all the yolk up Ugh. in his mouth with a straw, and then started drinking a, like a chocolate malt or something or a milkshake, which is so gross. Was he mixing um, it? I thought he was maybe mixing the egg with the drink. Well, if it went one way or the other, it was getting mixed, whether it was, it was in his disgusting. mouth or in his glass. Now, uh, there is a big like uh, fight and shootout because I think at the beginning uh, you introduce his character, which is for comic relief. Plus, he is the female reporter's uh, brother. I think she's but, uh, that's, his, that's her. That's his her dad. Yeah, his her his daughter. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you also get introduced to. Um, Yu Kai Chung, and he is the hero. He's like this. He's the Chow Young fat of the movie. Yeah, really handsome Asian guy, uh, and he's supposed to be a real badass cop. Like that, everybody, all the 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 gangsters and stuff know him because he's fearless and he's like fucking Captain America. Except he's Captain Hong Kong. (laughs) So it would be stupid (laughs) if he was Captain America. (laughs) Now there was something in the at the beginning of this when they when they um they have this shootout um gao gao's partner who is this other young guy gets shot in the fucking ass immediately and i mean it looked bad too i mean you know because they used to always laugh you know where like james garner or somebody like that or lee marvin they would say well you know when they were in world war ii well i got wounded in world war ii well you know uh, where did you get wounded? He said, well, nowhere I can show you. And I've said this before, I think a long time ago on the show, where people would always laugh about somebody getting shot in the ass. <laughs> but like Lee Marvin got shot in the ass and he almost died from it. I mean, like you get shot with a rifle or a bullet in the ass and it blows a goddamn hole about the size of your fist, you know, at, at the exit wound or whatever. I mean, it could cause a lot of damage. And so anyway, so then Gao has to get a new partner and he's he's this goofy guy who has a horrible record as a cop. He doesn't close any cases because he's stupid <laughs> and just a goofball. But they pair him up with Yu Kai Chung, the the handsome, uh, you know, Captain. Super cop, Malcolm, yeah. Super yeah. Cop. Okay. Uh, 
and I put down a note this at the very beginning, this is kind of slow moving, which is a total joke because right at the beginning, they just go bad out fucking crazy <laughs> with a lot of action. Um, and then uh, there was one part where it's funny in a lot of these, these uh, Asian movies, uh, I've seen a theme of this where people make fun of people that are chubby or fat. Yeah. And they yeah. actually, well, they did have, that. They did that a lot in, in yeah. wheels on meals. They, they called, uh, they called what's they did so many fat jokes for Sammo Hung in that movie. <laughs> well, this one guy just says to Gao, he goes, "Fatty, you're really fat." And I, I can't even remember why he said it, but it was just like he was just like, "Fatty, you're really fat." You well, know? Then, yeah. Well, like, then there's oh, the uh, there the they so somehow yeah somehow uh, Anthony Wong's character knows Supercop. I wasn't sure exactly. It seemed like maybe it was his brother, but then. Because she, he said something. He called his uh, Wong's wife his sister-in-law, but mm-hmm. then they didn't never really touch on the fact that they're. They well, might that's be what brothers. I was. Th- I was thinking that they were. But I don't. I think they were just friends, and maybe sister-in-law yeah. was just a weird translation. But yeah, probably because uh, you know. But I, he said I, something. At first, I thought I thought that he was Anthony Wong's wife's brother. Yeah. And that they were brother-in-laws. I don't know. But, I think they know, must have just been friends somehow. But yeah. he, you know, when he comes in the first time to have dinner, he mentions something about Anthony Wong getting a belly too. Like, oh, you're yeah. getting kind of chubby, man. But they were like best, you know, like really best friends. Mm-hmm. You know? And they were always trying to to set um, Yu Kai Chung up. They're like, you know, because he's a he's a confirmed bachelor, and uh, he's <laughs> so they're like, oh, you know, you need to find a wife and blah 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 blah. Um, they they showed this one drink like uh, this was later on, but I was gonna look it up and I didn't. It's called Olmeca, mm-hmm. and I guess it was some kind of liquor. I don't know. Uh, I just thought the bottle looked interesting. Oh, it's tequila. Oh, I guess Olmeca. Yeah, that's what uh, it must be. What, yeah, tequila, because there's a scene where Anthony Wong later on, after some bad shit happens, he's wanting to soak his sorrows in uh, booze and uh, um, uh, Yu Kai Chung is like, you know, doesn't want him to, to drink. But anyway, what happens, it, they, they set up the thing through, uh, even at the very beginning where Anthony Wong uh, gets in a taxi cab or, or no, he actually gets in a fender bender and they pretty much set up from the very beginning that these taxi drivers are really obnoxious. They're, they're really the shit. They're all selfish yeah. assholes. They're just jerks. And I think that they said that the the movie they said the movie was based on a true on true events. And I think the true events were basically just they uh, people, you know, th- that it was just common practice for these taxi drivers to to like extort money yeah. by. Saying, well, if I'm going to take you here, I'm I'm you know going to be off the clock in ten minutes. If I'm going to take you here, it's going to cost you, you know, thirty dollars more. And then when they and you know when they're talking about money, you're, they're not talking about American dollars. So when they say thirty dollars more, it probably wasn't like. Yeah, they they make it. They say something about that in the movie, like, oh yeah, because one of the taxi drivers said, oh, and that dumbass American tourist thought it, he I meant thirty American dollars, not thirty right. Hong Kong dollars. So, um. Wong gets in a fender bender and they kind of like the guy calls a couple other taxi drivers to back him up and they kind of like extort some money out of him and say, well, you know, this, this is going to cost this much where it was clearly 
the taxi driver's fault because he came up alongside of him and just whipped right in front of him and came to a dead stop. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're they're creating this atmosphere that the taxi drivers, like you said, are total pieces of shit. Blah 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 blah. Now Wong's wife is is pregnant, and they set that up big time. And as soon as they started setting that up, I knew. I was like, okay, something bad's gonna happen because she was so nice, and they, she was, she was like close to her due date, and and you know they kept showing them looking at baby clothes and putting together a crib and doing stuff like that, and and Wong's character is really nice. He they they made like a really good couple. It was like Tom Hanks and uh, uh, Meg Ryan. If they could remake <laughs> this with them, and the good the good cop be. Okay, <laughs> all Blart would be the dumb guy. Yes, yes, he'd have and, the sideways uh, Celtics hat. Who would be like, uh, hmm, I don't know. But anyway, it doesn't matter. So anyway, um, some some circumstances happen, and it, it really does, I mean, you know, because you they really set it up to where you really like them as a couple, and they were going to have a baby, and they were talking about whether it was going to be a boy or a girl and everything. So then when some stuff happens... Uh, it really was. I mean, it was emotional. It was like, oh my god, that is so awful. What you know? Uh, there's a situation with a taxi driver uh, uh, coming. You know, and to me, if my wife was pregnant to mm-hmm. that extent, and she basically in the movie she she comes close to slipping on on a wet floor and she catches herself, but it causes her to her water doesn't just break. I mean, she starts hemorrhaging. Yeah. Now, if I saw that, I wouldn't call a taxi. I'd call a fucking ambulance. <laughs> so that's one thing I thought in this, and you know, when I was watching this. But I mean, it has to be this way to something. And the sh- and and the thing that happens to her, it's like, oh my god, it was really awful. So you can see how this really would cause somebody to, you know, kind of go over the edge. There was they. When this happens, well, the, the initial thing with the, ta- the fender bender, then the thing with his wife, and then he's, he's going to work, and he's probably got like almost like post-traumatic stress, and he's in shock, and he's you know, about ready for a nervous fucking breakdown because of what happens to his wife. Um, and he goes to work, and he was a really exceptional worker at his business, mm-hmm. and uh, – and so then this really affects him. So, of course, his job performance goes down. But his boss is such an asshole. His boss is like, you need to leave, you need to leave your problems at home. You know, it's when all, it's happened, been a week, yeah. Yeah. When such and such happened to me, you know, hey, I still came to work and I, I busted ass. And he's like, you know, we'll give you, we'll give you a week off, you know, and then whatever. And um, so then Wong starts seeing, like, you know, he'll be sitting in an open-air thing eating some food or whatever, and and he'll see, like, these taxi drivers doing asshole-ish stuff. The one is this fat guy and this, and this woman, and Wong just goes over, and he's got a bowl of food and just slaps the fucking shit out of the guy, which was great. Um, <laughs> he's got so some then, of that rice hanging out of his mouth. And just- yeah, and, he's, and you could just tell after he did it, he just thought, he was just thinking to himself, God damn, that felt good. <laughs> so he starts getting this um, violent streak. For yeah, me. <laughs> well, well, I guess he's like you know, f- fuck these motherfuckers. You know, my life is is totally fucking ruined and whatever. So he wants to get revenge. He mm-hmm. he sort of becomes a vigilante. Um, and I actually wrote down Wong goes berserk. Um, now, um, oh, what's his name? 
Yukai Chang or Yukai Chung, I'm sorry. Um, he sports a Canadian tuxedo, which I guess would be a <laughs> Hong Kong version of a Canadian tuxedo. He's all in denim. Um, let's see. Now, the uh, Gao and and uh, uh, Mac Su Yan, his daughter, invite uh, Yukai Chung over for a big meal. Because she not only is she a reporter, but she's a really good cook. Now, <laughs> I almost fucking pissed myself. They bring this big bowl of shrimp out, and I guess they had like oh some. Oh my soy god, sauce. that was disgusting! And I thought the soy sauce. Now, maybe I was wrong. Maybe it was just a little bowl for him. But I thought, and this makes it even funnier. If it was supposed to be for everybody, he. Like triple and quadruple dips. Ugh, he doesn't God. even bite the shrimp. He just dips it in the sauce and then sucks the the soy sauce off and then dips over it back and in again. And I was like, "Fuck! I wouldn't be touching that goddamn soy sauce." And then they, they start talking about how each other's pee or how his his pee smells like that sauce, and the daughter's <laughs> like, "Uh, what? Why are you smelling each other's pee?" Well, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> uh, let's see now. Wong, he's, I mean, to me, he's hes losing it. I mean, he can still function. He's not walking around like eating his own shit or anything like that. <laughs> but he's kind of, he's flipping out just, a, you know, he's becoming, you know, fucked up. Mm-hmm. He, he gets a prostitute. Uh, he's in this, like, hotel room and this uh, little pimp brings a prostitute up there. And he, I guess he's thinking, you know, well, you know, I guess... You know, find a woman and fuck her or something like that. But he starts asking the prostitute to like. He's like, you know, uh, would you have my baby? Well, she's such, you know, in that you know mind of a prostitute where anything, everything, and anything's about making money. She literally takes him seriously and is like, okay, well, if I'm going to have your baby, that'll mean that I won't be able to, you know, take on all these johns, and I usually make this much a day, so I'll, you'll have to pay me this much to do it and everything. And he just starts thinking, he's like, oh God, what am I doing here? And he starts <laughs> thinking about his wife. And right before he he, he gives her money, because he's like a nice guy, I mean, you know, he, he gives her money, and, and when he's walking out, he goes, you're a really good whore. <laughs> don't, don't worry about it, you're a really good whore. She, she had, at first I thought she was sexy, but she took off that skirt thing and she had like her underwear was trying really hard to be sexy, but it was like, it was really big. Like it was like, it was almost like the, the tall hip underwear that that would give you a long ass. But instead (laughs) of the straps over the hips, it was fucking like a foot of fabric around. (laughs) It was really weird. So anyway, it, 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 there, there's a uh, training montage in it, which led me to to write uh, <laughs> Wong is turning into Travis Bickle. Yeah, it's a, that's a nerdy workout gun load montage. <laughs> yeah, they, they borrowed that from Taxi Driver for sure. That was pretty He's funny. He's doing some fucking calisthenics and shit, and and uh, he 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 sort of does the the Travis looking in the mirror, you talking to me thing, mm-hmm. pulling the gun out, but he fumbles it and everything. Uh, let's see. There was one scene where, okay, now Wong starts going off the hook. Uh, he's very successful, um, and I don't think the first time with the taxi driver that it was planned. He just did what he did, and yeah, and yeah. and uh, because then 
he starts thinking, oh, fuck yeah, man, that's that, like I said, like, well, that felt fucking good, you know, god damn it, I'm getting revenge. So then he tries the same thing, and they go, they make a point of showing him trying to do the exact same thing with the exact same technique, and like <laughs> the, the, driver's window is rolled down so he can't smash the driver's head against the window like he did the first time he tries to pull the rearview mirror off but uh, like he did the first time to hit the guy with or whatever and the rearview mirror won't come off and he basically uh his his first attempt at getting revenge at these taxi drivers after the slapping the guy um, I guess you could say it was successful, even though it was just fucking. Even though the guy was a jerk, I mean, it's like Jesus Christ. I mean, he goes fucking berserk, and then the second time he thinks, you know, well, shit, this this was great. I'm going to do it again, and it totally goes fucking wrong, and he gets the living shit beat out of him. So then he does the training thing and everything, and uh, he decides, okay, the best way to do this is I'm going to fucking buy a gun, and um, let's see. Uh, but the, 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 he, he, this old woman. There were several times. It was almost like a death wish thing with Charles Bronson, where he he must be the harbinger of bad luck because he seems to always come across these taxi drivers being the biggest assholes in the world. <laughs> right, right. Then, I mean, there for a while, but then they switch it up because he does come across some some guys that are not. He expects all of them to be that way, and he comes across some nice ones. And he even tells the guys, he says, "You know, oh, you're a nice guy, whatever." And he gets out of the cab, uh, and but he's perplexed at first. He's like, "Wait a minute, you know, this I'm expecting this guy to rip me off, and even though I keep being annoying, the guy is like being nice." So anyway, uh, they show that he's not just a total psycho that just is killing everybody. Um, but the, the, it's funny, he, ta- he dispatches this one taxi driver who's being an asshole to this old lady. They, call, they have the old lady in the uh, squad room, and, and uh, they're, I guess, asking her questions. And fucking the, the guy with the uh, uh, gal with the uh, hip-hop apparel – is just badgering the shit out of this old woman. It was I thought that was funny as hell because he was just trying. He was acting like a. She was just this old frail woman. He's like yelling at her, screaming at her, and shit. Um, what the hell did she have in her bag that was leaking? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Fuck knows. Probably Metamucil or something. I'm <laughs> um, Let's see. Uh, there's one taxi driver who. I thought the girl hurt her ankle at first, and she was standing there because she looked like she was wincing. And he goes to pick her up, and like I said, it's like fucking Paul Kersey in Death Wish. He just everywhere he goes, there's there's injustice happening. <laughs> and uh, this guy, go, this taxi driver, goes to help this pretty good looking girl into the back of the cab, and of course he gra- she's drunk, so she's stumbling. So when he's helping her, in, he grabs a big old handful of her fucking ass, and <laughs> so you know something bad's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the he he basically takes her out and you know down this alley or something. She's like, "Wait a minute, this isn't my home." And he goes, eh, "It's my, it's our home now." Jumps in the back seat and he starts trying to. He's like raping her, and uh, you know I just think these fucking rapists are so fucking weird and pathetic. Number one, because they're raping somebody, but number two, he's like he's like tells her he goes, "I want to be your man." And uh, and like what the f- I was like what the fuck you think you're gonna rape some fucking girl and then she's gonna be like god damn man that was good let's <laughs> let's date yeah. so anyway uh, Wong shows up and he, this guy 
you know, he definitely deserves what he gets. And uh, but he's. <laughs> I thought this was great because he he fucking shoots the guy, and he shoots him several times, but not like in in uh, fatal places. But then with like the last time, he's got the gun pointed at him, and he says, "If I let you go, will you rape again?" And the guy goes, "It's hard to say." <laughs> no. What the fuck? <laughs> what a dummy. If you rape again, if I let you go, will you rape again? Ooh. I don't know. It's hard to say. He was really, he was really convicted. Like, he's really, uh, he, yeah. he's really set on doing that. He couldn't help himself. He's like, Jesus, yeah, shit, man, I can't lie. I like to rape. Okay. <laughs> uh, now, there's, there's a point in time where um, the, the cops decide, okay, if we're going to catch this guy, we know he's going after taxi drivers, so we'll go undercover. And um, some things happen. Now, there's one of my notes says uh, uh, cops are like bowling pins uh, because there's a situation in a hospital where Wong is uh, – they, they kind of have him cornered, and he's, he's trying to get away. And uh, there's several things that he does. It's like when somebody – he's got a hostage, and – there, there's the the cops are after him and like throwing a bench in in the way. Uh, he takes a gurney that's on wheels and puts it in front of a door. Like now, how the fuck's that going to even hold him? <laughs> things just going to roll away. But he's coming down the stairs and he, I can't remember what he did, but like it was just like a bowling ball. All these cops that are on the stairs just all go bloom, 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 and a big pile up. Um, you come to like uh, a, a you know of course a finale. And I like how they handled it um, because whether it's this movie or the next movie, um, the guy isn't portrayed as a straight up, you know, you know, you know, he's a good guy and some really horrible shit happened. I think more in this one, you know, I don't want to talk about the other one, but I think, I think the justification and this one, you could see, I mean, God, I'm still even just thinking about if your wife was pregnant and what happened to his wife. Mm-hmm. How, I mean, my God, I think that would make me flip out too, you know. But anyway, I thought this was a pretty good movie. But um, so you, you, I, don't, I just don't want to go too far and tell, like, yeah, in case yeah. people haven't seen, like, what happens in the last. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty good. And I was, I was kind of hoping, in a way, for me, this movie was a little disappointing. And I think it was because I was, I was hoping it was going to be like some kind of like category three, like crazy shit. It started out so f- it it really yeah. seemed was really red hot as far as action. I thought it was going to be pretty wild, went, and like yeah. I thought with Anthony Wong, I thought it was going to get either gory or just weird, and it never it never really did that. It, it stayed pretty. I mean, it was funny at times. I mean, I think intentionally so, like making him do the workout and stuff like that. That was pretty silly, and yeah. but um, the but not. The, the the silliness wasn't enough to make you roll your eyes. It wasn't just like slapsticky or anything like that. Other than uh, that, the guy sucking on the shrimp and shit like that. But um, speaking of him, I thought it was pretty funny when he later on when he uh, he is in the hospital and they have a breathing tube in his mouth even though he's awake. I was like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure when you're up and about, they don't keep a breathing tube in your mouth. Like he's able to almost talk, except for the fact that he's got this tube in his mouth. 
Yeah, um, well, that's the second thing. Is it, was that like something? Are we supposed to that like went like the tube actually went all the way down his throat? I get. I mean, that's what yeah. that things. Are, that's what those are for. I mean, oh, that would be so fucking brutal. I don't. Well, I think they're supposed to take it out when you wake up. That's the thing because oh. <laughs> you would gag because you yeah, um, or either keep you sedated. But um, you know, it's it. It moved to a little slower than I thought it was going to, which ended up being fine. It just wasn't what I was expecting, I guess. Yeah. Um, there are there like you were saying, there's some sweet stunt work at the beginning with the car chase stuff. I really like the super cop type stuff. It was a little unclear at the beginning who was supposed to be who. Like I wasn't sure who a cop was and who wasn't because mm-hmm. guys just started shooting each other. You're not sure exactly why. Um, you're given plenty of backstory for Wong's character, but this this. Uh, super cop guy is introduced kind of just out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's pretty cool. The whole thing when you're riding on top of a car while it's like steering left and right and he's, you know, holding on to the taxi sign and shooting through the roof and shit like that. And he flips over the hood and shoots into the front window and, um, you know, lots of, uh, nice shiny giant pistols that they love to use <laughs> in Chinese cinema back at this time. So, but um, yeah, we we do learn interesting lessons in uh, the movies this week. I think in this one, it's just that pretty much every cabbie in Hong Kong is a selfish piece of shit. <laughs> Not um, all of them, no, no, no. Most of them, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I re- I did laugh at the the. There's a scene with uh, Wong kind of. He's like depressed, sitting in the rain. He's drinking a forty, and and there's like this synthy fake sax playing. And I was like, hmm, welcome to my life. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> um, but the first kill was pretty brutal. I was I, I liked that he because it was because it was not planned out. It was just kind of spur of the moment. He just got pissed, but he like fucking just stabs the guy repeatedly with a beer bottle and then sl- yeah. slams his head just be- like I think it was just because like the guy had already been stabbed like ten times, but he just for good measure he slams the guy's head through the side window. Um, yeah, <laughs> I called Agao the a double dipping fuckwad. That, that really grossed oh, me out so when he. Gross. Ugh. He was sucking them fucking things. Ugh, so he was bad. filleting his shrimp. But uh, you know, Wong. If 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 you are not familiar with, I guess Wong's earlier work. I guess I, I guess in a way I still am not. Although I have seen a few now. Wasn't he in? Wasn't he in that one movie um, with? Uh, there's a pool scene in it. I think it might be Chow Yun Fat in it also. Um, full. What the fuck is the name of that movie? I think the gentleman reviewed it. Um, I think he's in that movie. Plays a similar kind of just like sweaty, a little bit chubby, nerdy guy that yeah. still finds his way into using pistols and stuff. But that that that's uh, kind of a character I think he revisited quite a bit. But he does it well, and he does the the cool guy well too. So it really shows that he's pretty well rounded. I think. Yeah. Everyone else, everyone else is pretty. Just they're fine, um, except for fucking shrimp sucker. He was annoying, but everybody else is fine in the movie. Not, not really a, a standout at all. I didn't think. Um, I did love the sound effects in this when everybody would walk, and I know I, I say that a lot about Italian crime films, but they they dub the well. Obviously, they dub pretty much everything in these Chinese movies just to save money, but they they dub the sound effects of people walking all the time and it doesn't matter if they're wearing sneakers or whatever, but it'll be like click, 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 click as they're walking around. And when there's a big group of people, it always, I just really love the sound that it makes. So, um, but you know, this is a, this is a solid movie. I, I, I 
when I saw where it was going, I ended up enjoying it more than I thought I was going to. But it wasn't what I expected. It's not as it's not as wild as it might let on being a movie called Taxi Hunter, you know. Um, so uh, we can get to our ratings. <sighs> not great, uh, mm. but uh, I'm spinning in my brain. Click 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 click. Six point two five. 6.25. I give it a 6.75. Um, yeah, like we were saying, solid it sounded, it sounded like I liked it better. Uh, this is a good 6.25. Yeah. Maybe you should move it up to a 6.5. Nah, I'm not moving anything. I'm not going to bow, bend to your uh, <laughs> charms. <laughs> uh, bend over to your charms. The, um, but yeah, it's this definitely worth checking out. Um, yeah. Yeah. See, see an Anthony Wong movie. It's not it's not super action packed after the main story starts, but um, it's uh, it's worth your time. You get a lot of bad Chinese movie, Hong Kong movie music. You get some uh, gunplay, and you get uh, Anthony Wong being a nerd, a chubby nerd. So chubby nerd. He just was out of shape. He just puffy. He was a little little like, little puffy, little puffy, little puffy around the face. All right, why don't we take a break and come back and uh, talk about falling down. We'll be right back. Hi, this is famous Hollywood producer, Robert Evans. You know, I've made a lot of powerful enemies during my time in Hollywood. Like the time I pushed Steve McQueen in front of a moving car on the set of The Getaway because he was macking on my lady, Allie McGraw. But I've made one great friend... A boffo friend, if you will, since I retired. It's called Show Show, and it's the best fucking movie podcast ever. It's even better than cocaine, which I would know a lot about. Visit Show Show at showshow.podomatic.com or search Show Show, all one word, in the iTunes store. Unemployed defense worker, frustrated with various flaws he sees in society, begins a psychopathically <laughs> psycho psychotically. So, huh? Look what that says. Psychotically. 
Psychotically. Psychotically and violently lash out against them. Psycho to <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's enough of that. Uh, okay, so. Fragile. Uh, what? I'm in a fragile state. <laughs> so this uh, this movie stars Michael Douglas. Um, snap at any minute. You know what? Michael Douglas said that he ate so much pussy it gave him cancer. <laughs> they have since retracted that statement. Well, um, I mean, it's flawed. I mean, Jesus Christ, or my my jaw would have fallen off by now. So this this also stars um, uh, Robert Duvall. Yes, it does. And. Uh, Barbara Hershey, <laughs> kind of, kind of stars. She she has returned to the silver and gold. She has returned. Now, yeah, okay. Then you have Tuesday Weld, who looked kind of messed up in this movie, but she was used to be hot. So she's very cute at one time. Yeah, yeah. So in this movie, as Zom said, uh, you have uh, Michael Douglas playing a. Well, my one of my early notes is. Oh, and this movie is on Amazon Prime for free if anybody has that, if you'd like to watch it that way. Um, it, uh, I, I, I was thinking maybe he seemed kind of like a, a tea party kind of guy. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. He's yeah. just seemed like an average Joe to me. Yeah, well, he, um, what, what gave me the feeling at, at first was the, the, speak my language part where he kind of freaks out on a Korean grocery store owner. Um, the, um, so what, what you basically have is a guy and this is, this movie, I guess this can be compared to the movie Joe that we, uh, mm-hmm. in a way, Joe was a lot, a lot, a different kind of person because this character that Michael Douglas plays would find Joe disgusting. As you see in one part of this movie with this, crazy scene played by with, with this guy Frederick Forrest mm-hmm. who who plays this like Nazi store owner the army surplus store what a piece of shit he is and there's lots of levels of asshole on the right <laughs> yes you know? it's is. funny how they, you know it's like they think that they they might uh, like you're just like me but then you're like you know it's like it's people that think that uh you know they're like neo Nazis, but then they think, oh well, you're just like me. And then the guy's like, well, wait a minute, my dad fought you fuckers in World War II. You know, <laughs> they're just yeah, whatever. So he plays a very frustrated man who sees the Latino gangs and the Korean store owners, and uh, and basically he's lost his shit. What I what I definitely appreciate about this movie is you you don't there's not a lot of there's not a lot of build up to this happening. Like when you meet this character in this movie, and another cool part is like he's never named. Now there, there's one part in the movie I feel like somebody called him Bill. Yeah, and I think that might be the only time that anybody calls him. Does 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 Hershey ever say his name on the phone? I don't think so. I she was like, just like, I know it's you. I think I think so. Robert Duvall plays the other star of this movie. I, I don't know if I mentioned his name, and he plays a detective on his last day, which is another interesting twist in this. Um, especially since Robert Duvall is probably more like the Michael Douglas character. <laughs> <left>. <laughs> well, now come on. Except he's employed. Um, but the uh, <laughs> the 
and I think I feel like he calls him Bill at one point in the movie, and that might be it. Um, which is an interesting little twist. Um, he's unnamed, and maybe that's a way of kind of I don't know. Maybe it's a way of ma- kind of making it more every man. You know, he it's less this guy and more like it could be anybody maybe. But um, what I liked was how you're dropped into the middle of this. It's all in one day, and you're dropped into the middle of it, and you, you don't have any background of why he's just all of a sudden losing his shit, but he's stuck in traffic. And it's a really, it's a really good scene as the film opens with uh, Douglas stuck in construction traffic in this really shitty car. I don't know what that thing was, a Chevy something. It was a piece of shit, though. Yeah, the, just a Chevette or something. It was. Uh, it was a bad. hatchback. Yeah, it was a little hatchback, yeah. a little, little shaped like a turtle. Um, but the the cars now, it, there's. I don't. I don't think the cars would ever be this close together <laughs> in real life because you know, there's no way you could get out of your car unless you're on the side of the road because the cars in the middle. I mean, they're they're literally like if if you open your door, you would immediately hit the other car next to you. But you know they're impossibly close to each other. But it it adds to the effect. And it starts off pretty much silent. It's like floating like this, you know, the camera's on a crane or whatever. It's floating down into his the front window of his car. It really looks fucking hot. Um, Isn't there anything? Well, I, I've, I've experienced this. I remember at least a couple times in my life when you're sitting in traffic and a little kid is in the back window of the car in front of you just staring at you. Oh, so I have. And you don't want to make eye contact. You know, <laughs> you just kind of look away, but they just sit there and stare. Yeah, that happens this, and there's kids throwing shit out of a bus window. and But the, the sounds get louder and louder, the horns honking, people yelling out their windows, and and like the color palette even in the beginning of the movie even looks hot. Like It looks like it's probably like a July day. I don't know where he's even going, because you learn pretty early on that he's unemployed, or he's been laid off like a month prior or whatever. I guess that's not even early on. Is that a spoiler? Sorry. Um, but he, you know, he's driving somewhere. He's stuck in traffic. He looks like he's dressed for work, but his ba- you see later on that his briefcase is actually empty. It just has his, has some food in it. A sandwich. A sandwich and an apple that a guy a, a, a guy that looked like a what was he that? Chucks J- it at him. Jim, Jim J. Bullock. You remember, his, yeah. remember that guy? That, that homeless guy made me think of Jim J. Bullock for some reason. But he throws the apple at him and it actually hits his foot. That happened in uh, Wheels on Meals too. Somebody kicks a skateboard. And Jackie Chan is walking away, and the skateboard kept going and going, and it finally hits his foot. And I was like, I th- I, it was just funny to me. I was like, you know, it's probably something they didn't intend to happen, but it just does. It's the same as this. The guy throws the apple, and it rolls and rolls, and finally hits Michael Douglas's foot. Then he kicks it, which is pretty cool. But, um, you know, like I said, the, 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 even the, the palette that uh, Schumacher is using in this, it looks hot. Like, there's, like it's kind of... Well, you know, I guess this does take place over more than one day, right? Or does it? No, because it starts in the yeah, morning, yeah. and uh, and it ends late in the afternoon. But it's like it's the, the the angle of the sun. Everything's kind of orange. You got the wavy like heat lines coming off the road, um, and like the the this, the opening scene just it's just grating. You're just like, oh god, yeah, you can feel like you can feel it. But yeah, so the story starts as Douglas just his character just he gets sick of this and he gets out of his car. And shuts the door and just walks off. And he walks through the bushes and hey, you can't do that. And hey, no, he's, he's like, like hey, yeah, he just leaves. And um, so the it kind of follows him initially going from place to place. And it's this these elements of the movie are where I started to feel like it almost like a little heavy handed. 
and maybe it's because it was released to a wide audience. I don't know. Maybe if it was an independent film, it would have had a little more edge to it. But like everything that happens, it seemed a little cliche over time after yeah. a while. Because like, you know, he flips out at the Korean grocery store guy. But then you got like the two gang guys that are like, why don't you give us your briefcase, S.A.? You know, that stuff. And, uh, you know, of course this guy's going to get accosted by the... But then like what happens with the gang guys is like way over the top, which is it was a a neat scene. Um, But... uh, Well, when when they do like there's a drive-by. Yeah. And how, you know, what Douglas happens to him and how he reacts... I, I don't know if I'm using the correct term, but it seemed kind of meta. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it was like what uh, I I don't know. It, it just seemed like uh, impossible. Yes, but he, uh, he he was very unreacting. Like he just kind of like went with it. But it was it would almost be like one of those things where like if that that happens and then the whole rest of the movie happens. And then at the very end of the movie, you find out that he's laying with a bullet hole in his chest. Oh, well, yeah, I could see that. They, but, the, and, and the rest of it was just like a... A hallucination or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's... Because it, 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 it was really like, weird when they did that. They cut out all this, almost all the sound when he was just standing there. And all the shit's going around around him. But he was like almost untouchable or something. I don't it know. Seem, it seemed like it's, like, it's like... it's one of these things. Like, it seems like the movie was was making all of these eventually almost cliched things happen to him is like just to make a point because what are the odds that someone just walking home would stumble across so many things in a span of a few hours yeah you know? well but like i said even in the in the last movie with with uh, anthony wong uh every time he went out he something like that was happening yeah and, but that's like I said, like the Death Wish thing. Paul Kersey, everywhere he goes, there's somebody getting raped or something like that. And he just, you know, it's like what the fuck. You know? But anyway, I love the I love the shot early on when it shows um, the smoggy L.A. skyline. While he's looking through a hole in the bottom of his shoe at the uh, that was smoggy. a goddamn big hole. <laughs> it was. I don't. You think he would have rec- he would have realized he had a hole in his shoe? starting pretty a lot earlier than that than he had time for that hole to wear but that was a pretty cool scene like cool shot of the skyline through the hole in the shoe um this movie when i first saw this i probably saw it when it came out um but i was you know in when i was 16 17 i was like yeah you know this movie like you get pumped watching this when i come back and i watch this as as an adult basically you're like what a jerk well yeah it, it's i i don't you know at times you feel like I, I at times i felt sympathy for him but at other times i'm like just fucking get over yourself already you fucking yeah. psychopath you know well that's i can say the same thing see i didn't see it when it first came out but i was with the the girl that was i was living with at the mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. i remember her saying that it was like one of her favorite movies and she thought it was just fucking funny and hilarious. And then when I was watching it, uh, like today, you know, I'm just like, you know, what? God, he's a, he's just a fucking asshole or just a fucking redneck, you know, asshole who, but then again, you know, it's just the guy, if you look at it 
from a left-wing point of view, yeah. you, you say that. If you look at him from a right-wing point of view, you're like, yeah, he's fucking, that shit pisses me off too. And okay, If you look at it from a, a compassionate point of view, the guy's fucking obviously, well, he's, yeah, he's, 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 he's mentally he's, ill. He's damaged. And yeah. he's, he doesn't, he's not gotten the right help. He's, he's living with his, mo- his mother. Well, but I mean, it, what, the, to me, the thing like, that proves that he's mentally ill is he is, when he's saying, I'm going home, and he's calling them, and he's like, how so? It's like he's oblivious to all the shit that has happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, to me, it reminded me of the Burt Lancaster movie, The Swimmer, where he's, he's going and stopping by, swimming in all these different people's pools, all his neighbors, and he says, I'm swimming my way home. And they're like, hey, how are you doing? Everything? But, and they, but there's – he – Something's not right. There, uh, the there, this guy is—he's delusional. He has flipped out to the point that he has blocked out all. And you see that when he's watching like the home movies. Yeah. And he's slapped in the face by reality. You know. Like man, so, I am I am kind of a jerk. <laughs> you know that just made everything flood back. But yeah, I I, I understand exactly what you're saying. But because there were times where I really I did feel sorry for him. I'm like, yeah, God. Well, like when like when he uh, with the little girl when he said, "Oh my God, I'm sorry, did I hurt?" And like he didn't even real he didn't even remember yeah. that his own hand was hurt. And you know, at times like that, you you feel for him, and then other times you're like, "Oh my God," you know. But you know, he, he I, I thought it was kind of video game esque in the movie how he kept like upgrading his weapon. Uh, at, yeah. at first he has nothing and then he has a little sawed off baseball bat and then <laughs> that good, then he gets a butterfly knife and then all of a sudden he's got a fucking arsenal. Um, I wonder why he didn't, I mean, I mean, I wonder what the, uh, if there was a reason why, maybe it's just the escalation of things. Uh, but, uh, at one point he, I thought for sure that he would kill somebody that in the people in the car. And he doesn't. Yeah, he just. You know, I wonder. I mean, I wonder why. I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think that was his plan initially. You know, it's when he finally goes over the edge. I think, you know, after after all that, isn't there only one murder in the whole movie? I mean, other uh, not the drive, not to count the drive by, but but that he does. Yeah. Yeah, and that guy was so repulsive that it was like you know. Yeah, yeah. So the um, you know the gangsters they over they overact a little bit, well, a lot. <laughs> um, well, there were so many stereotypes. There know? was, there were. They just needed Rob Schneider with uh, thick glasses, <laughs> like it, dressed like an Asian guy, act like an asshole. Asshole. I could marry you, The um, so you have Robert Duvall's character, and it's a, he's a uh, he's a cop that's. He's it, it, apparently, and you don't get a lot of background on him either. But apparently, he's lived a pretty kind of mediocre. He's just kind of kind of mediocre career, like it's nothing, nothing spectacular. But it's his last day, and he's kind of being forced into retirement by his super needy, annoying wife. Well, uh, now that's what I was going to say with her. I I was wondering if she was see from the from the word go because I haven't seen this in a long time when he was talking to her on the phone. Mm-hmm. To me, she seemed like she was mentally ill. Like oh, it wasn't just—I mean, like she was bipolar or something. Yeah, she was. She was definitely back and forth. Um, yeah, you know, he uh, Duvall's character—he was uh, Pendergast. Was his uh, Pender Pendergast? He, you know, he would explain like, you know, she used to be really good looking. 
which is kind of funny seeing as Tuesday Weld was actually really good looking and mm-hmm. wasn't. <laughs> but you uh, know, kind of what what happens when somebody loses their looks, kind of thing, and like all she has to do now is sit home and like she'll call and say, "I'm so scared that you were coming home," and then she'll call back and say, "I'm bleeding to death. This cat just scratched me." And she calls back and she's like, "Could you stop at the grocery?" It's like she's really bipolar. She's just all over the place, yeah. and. For whatever reason, he's just been very loyal to her over the years, and she's finally gotten to the point where, you know, we need to move, we need to leave L.A., we're going to go to... I did laugh when she said, she actually called him and said, Mr. Peepers just scratched this shit out. (laughs) (laughs) It's like... (laughs) She was so pissed that he wasn't going to run home to check on her cat scratch. (laughs) Um, Or Mr. Peepers. So, uh, but Duvall, you know, he... They kind of hint he's got this. I guess it's his former partner, um, Sandra was her name. Now, where what was she in? Was she in? Uh, she was in an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, wasn't she? <sighs> Rachel Tacoten. Yeah, she was in Total Recall. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't recognize her. Um, the, they there seemed to be something there. I don't know if it was just that they were really good friends or what, but. His, you know, Mrs. Pendergrass, Pendergrass didn't definitely didn't appreciate her. Like she, you know, she answers the phone by accident at once. Like, Who? What the hell? You know. Well, I got the the feeling that with her, that um, they were partners and they were just like you know they were just really close, and that she, that the way his wife was, no matter what, mm-hmm. anytime she called, if if any woman answered the fucking phone and and because he had a woman partner she was going to hate that woman's guts yeah. and they were probably just looked at each other like eh, you know you know it's her like, because and obviously around the the precinct you know people knew how crazy his wife was cuz the one guy made a comment hey his wife and that one ever like a ton of bricks <laughs> um the so it's his- it's, that chick was the uh the chicken con air that uh, Danny Trejo wanted to the the prison guard that Danny Trejo wanted to rape. Oh, because he had all the tat the uh, heart tattoos for all the women that he raped. You know what? I don't think I've seen Con Air since the theater. <laughs> I need to revisit. You need to that quit now. wasting your time watching these other. Dumb yeah, movies. I need to go back to Con Air. Yeah. The. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's Duvall's last day, and he gets wind of, he kind of stumbles into the story. At first he's stuck in traffic at the same time that uh, defense is what the, they kind of calls him in the movie that Michael Douglas. And so he ends up helping move the car out of the way. He's on his way to work. And just through coincidence ends up getting involved in this case of, you know, Michael Douglas going around. I want to say it's, it's hard to say exactly what he's doing. Because he's not a vigilante, because he's not necessarily fighting criminals the entire time, because he's just kind of freaking out and like do it like I don't know. He's having a teabagger freak out. <laughs> yeah. Um, did, in this movie, did Duvall ever say, "I'm getting too old for this shit"? <laughs> yeah, he implied yeah, it. If he never did say. I don't think he ever. I don't think he ever, I don't think he ever said it because he he um, he se- he never said that because he seemed to be relishingly uh, yeah 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 he finally he was like finally i get a case like he was finally started to feel excited because he had been at the desk for a while at probably yeah because theoretically he could like the, everybody kept telling him you know you can leave now i mean it's your last day fuck just go you know and he's just and putting he, it off and yeah, the, you know it showed their house their house is already packed up they're getting ready to move to lake havasu to 
I don't I don't know if this is true or not. Did they really tear down London Bridge and rebuild it in the at that lake in Arizona? Is that is that? I don't know. You know the whole fault the 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 title of the movie falling down was you know based yeah. on London Bridges falling down. So you know his wife had it in her head that you know they needed to move there. That's paradise or whatever. And he was finally, his boss not was Duval's boss not a total jerk that oh, captain? Oh my, what an asshole! That really awkward scene was like, how are the kids? And you know he had that he's had a daughter that's died, and it's an, it's a it's an interesting like um, I guess contrast you have between Duval's character who he's coming up on the end of his career but is finding new life in it, and you have uh, you have Michael Douglas who. It's just at the end of his rope, and he's just fucking like he's just he's gone over the edge. His career is done, um, and really did, didn't mean much to him at all. Did um, I can't remember? Did Duval say that his wife didn't want to have kids, and he did, mm. and she gave up her figure, uh, and all this and that because. I don't remember if he said that she didn't want to have kids, but she, he definitely said something about her uh, giving up her figure for the kids. Yeah. And for then, the kid, but then their kid died. Well, and then it kind of led you to believe maybe she had some kind of postpartum depression because he said something about like the, uh, the, uh, the crib death or something like that. Well, the kid but was two. The kid was two. Like it was almost, you yeah, know, like he was almost saying that like maybe something happened. Like, she and she was she obviously had something wrong with her she was yeah. i don't know that i don't know that postpartum lasts that long cuz it seemed like they their their kid died years and years prior because she, i'm telling you what i i i actually worked with a, a girl and she was you know pretty girl and everything and she told me that i mean it was weird because she got divorced and the husband got custody of the kid which always seems really weird when the mother doesn't get custody and someone had told me something about, you know, that, that she had, you know, freaked out of her. And I guess, and I was talk, talking to her one time and she said she had postpartum so bad that that's why she didn't get custody of her kid. And she said she was never right until years later. And she huh. had a total hysterectomy. And nice. she said, once she had a total hysterectomy, then I guess, and I don't know, you know what, but she said, then she was, she said, I freely admit, she said, I was totally, you know, I guess it just throws them so out of balance and their hormones and everything. Yeah. So some people so bad, you know, so I don't know, but you know, the, um, so Duvall is his normal guy. If you like Robert Duvall, you'll like him in this movie. He, he's, he's got that like smugness about him. Um, he's kind of a suave guy, even though he's always been kind of like bigger and bald and you know, I mean, but yeah. something about it, he's, he's a good talker and I like him a lot in this movie. Um, I've always been a big Robert Duvall fan, but, uh, and <laughs> I'll tell you in, in movies anyway. And, but I'll tell you who Kirk, uh, um, Michael Douglas, not Kirk Douglas. I'm Kirk fucking Douglas. The, um, Michael Douglas is really great in this movie. I mean, you know, like him or not, like his character or not, he's pretty fantastic. The short um, sleeve white shirt and the butch uh, flat top haircut, <laughs> and his like his like fifties dad glasses, Ugh. and um, yeah, he, no, he's just he's he's the right amount of you know where I said the gangsters overact and. I mean, even the Korean guy. Now I've seen him a lot. The Korean shop owner. He's kind oh, of yeah. overreacts, and but he 
Michael Douglas just he's he's creepy when he needs to be. He said he has a couple funny lines in there, like when he gets the butterfly knife the first time. He's like, "How do they do that?" Um, but when he gets angry and stuff like that, like it's just he's it's, it's th- this is one of his better roles that I can recall. Um, I, I really I really love the line when he yells at one of the uh, gangsters, like, "I'm going home. Clear a path, you motherfucker. I'm going home." He throws the bat at him, and it's a, it's a really ma- nice moment. There's a you know. After the after the drive by, he likes he just like steps around the dead bodies on the street with like, like he doesn't even flinch, and he's like, you know, he goes over to the car. He's like that line that you missed, and I miss I miss too. And that that creepy fucking music is playing in the background, yeah. and um, the uh, but you know it's it's, it's like a, he's just totally out of it. it he's a, living in, he's yeah. like walking around in a fog or something. It's it's a it's a great performance. The um. <laughs> the scene in the scene in Whammy Burger where he kind of freaks out because they don't they're not serving breakfast anymore. That 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 is when I felt like it was, if anything, when you know the the term jumping the shark, where if, of course it's five minutes after they don't serve breakfast and you know. Well, I mean that's just something that like everyone can relate to. Everybody's yeah. had that happen. Yeah, know? yeah. But his temper tantrum totally made me think of the Apple Store. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I think I've dealt with like three of those customers in the last month. Um, <laughs> oh, man, we had a guy when we clo- when we closed early the other day. We had a guy actually go to mall management and say, get mall management to tell him that it was okay that we let him in the store while it was closed to get his phone looked at. After the mall was being evacuated essentially because of flooding, this guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, um, anyway, um, you get the whole scene with the the, the Nazi guy played by um, for what was his name, Forrest. Frederick yeah, Forrest. Yeah, he is just, he's really good in this too. He's not in it for long, but man, what a piece of shit he is. Oh, he, and he covers all uh, bigotry and all racism. <laughs> oh my God. With the woman, the gay guys, he says the N word. I mean, Jewish people, everything. He's yeah. just, he's just, and then, of course, they go down in his little lair and it's just full of Nazi regalia. Santa Claus wearing a Nazi outfit. Oh, what a piece stuff. of shit. Yeah. Um, I wrote down the. I did write down his line. What about them muff divers? Think about it. <laughs> yeah, think about it. He said that all the time. Think about it. Um, yeah, and the the you know, the the scene with the rocket launcher is a little silly too. I thought that was a. I the, honestly, the whammy burger scene was a little over the top. Still, probably should be left in the movie. If the rocket launcher scene was cut, I'd be completely fine with it. Yeah, I thought that, that was, was pretty stupid. Yeah, because I mean, really, if that really happened. If if he really misfired, he everybody probably standing around and probably would have just died. It probably wouldn't have done done exactly what happened. But um, one of my notes is Duvall's tiny hat or Sammy's tiny hat. Uh, so what? The, they have a party and they give all oh, the little a tiny uh, little cowboy yeah. hat. Maybe they of Sammy wearing that tiny little hat at Target during horror. I remember that. Um, and um, you know the, the end. It, it it doesn't come out of nowhere. I mean, it's it's kind of what you expect. Um, you kind of see it coming. Um, all the while, there's a sweet MC Hammer poster on the wall where they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it's you know, it wraps up. It wraps up about how you would expect it to. And uh, I mean, I guess I appreciate that. It doesn't really try to surprise you or anything. Uh, maybe it does if you're not really looking for it, but. I don't know. I, I I was okay with the ending too. I, I think it's a it's a it's a nice it's a nice movie, mainly driven by um, Douglas's performance. I, yeah. I think mainly. So, uh, what did you think of it? Well, 
I'm pretty much just, you know, straight up with what you're saying with a lot of the stuff. Um, it, I think it had to have some of that stuff in it uh, to, to make it, uh, to kind of take the edge off mm-hmm. and not just make it a straight up, you know, psycho, you right, know, right, right, freak out guy. If I remember correctly, this came out around the time where there was a guy, and I cannot even remember what state it was in, but at the time it was like one of the worst mass shootings. It was, a, of course, a white middle-aged guy mm-hmm. who had gotten divorced and you know lost custody of his kids and everything and walked into a McDonald's with like a dressed in all military uh, you know, fatigues with a, like an AK-47 and just started, or an Uzi or something and just started blowing the shit out of everybody, kids, women, everything. And it was really horrible. So, I mean, of course, you know, that's going on all the time now, which is pretty sickening. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I think that um, th- so a lot of the, the comedic moments in it, uh, they, they work because they are playing to your, to, you know, like I said, who hasn't went into to uh, McDonald's or something? And you know, like the other day, I just went and I thought, okay, well, fuck, I don't want breakfast. I, I want to get, I want to get some lunch. And it was like, well, is it breakfast or lunch right now? And it was right at that. Well, we're still serving breakfast. I'm like motherfucker. <laughs> so it did. And like you go, you know, uh, around here, it's not as bad. But I remember going to New York and like if you needed change for a parking meter or for a phone or something like that, I mean. Every single place, if you walked in, they'd even have a sign that says, you know, we don't give out change. You know, you got to buy something, you know. And, of course, they have to have – they play – this was Reagan-era – a Reagan-era movie because you had uh, – they showed like a a homeless guy sitting there with a sign that says, you know, I have AIDS, you know, help me. Uh, You have – they showed obviously a a lot of homeless people uh, sitting around. You had – the black um, guy that couldn't get the loan. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was just there was just a lot of that shit. Even the even the gang stuff, and you know all the the uh, the uh, graffiti, and 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 you know they're talking about like you know these these uh, Asian immigrants and you know and uh, that that was the great Reagan era, of course. Um, but uh, then you had uh, defense who he worked for a defense contractor and you know he was the kind of guy that probably wore his little uh, flag pin with pride and he has a license plate that says D uh, dash fence and uh, and he works for the government and you know uh, I like when uh, the one guy accosts him in the park and is trying you know hey man give me some money give me some money and uh, he goes. Just give me some money. He goes. I haven't eaten day or haven't eaten days, and he's standing there. He's got a sandwich in his hand. He said, "Except for this, of course." And um, the um, oh, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, did, did, did. There was another one. <laughs> he says, "Hey, he says, are you going to treat a vet like this?" He's like, "You're an animal doctor." Well, then, yeah, that's what I was going to say. The guy goes, man, I was in Vietnam. And he goes, well, what were you, like a fucking drummer boy? <laughs> and he goes, no, well, I mean the golf. <laughs> you got me confused, man. But, uh, you know, they, they show a lot of the of the really shitty stuff that I'm sure, you know, every, even now, you know, people are frustrated with a lot of this, which is hilarious, mm-hmm. a lot of the same shit. Um, there was a, in the, in the store, there was this, I thought, it, I don't know if it was beer, but it was called Ham's. H A M S, and I started thinking, God, is that like ham flavored? 
<laughs> it might have been it might have been like a soda or something. Uh Ham's beer, H A M M S. Uh but that's just like the other movie for some reason. I don't even fucking yeah, drink and I'm, I, I'm I'm taken over by the uh GGTMC thing with the uh with the J and B if I see some kind of a strange drink. But yeah, there's a <laughs> Ham's beer. Nice. It's refle- refreshingly yours, aged for many moons. Uh <laughs> from the land of sky blue waters, Ham's. <laughs> they got a lot of these things on here. Um, Paul's of refreshment. I think I have a bear. <laughs> uh, let's see. I even have a note that says Michael Michael Douglas is an asshole, and then it says teabagger. Uh, let's see. Uh, Barbara Hershey. At one point, she has a pair of jeans on, and she's in the kitchen, and uh, her ass still looked pretty fucking good. She's mm. still a pretty good looking lady. Yeah, she was. Um, let's see. Um, it, it does show you, and I remember it at this time when um, the whole stalking thing became a big thing. Because mm-hmm. they never had any laws or anything against you know someone like a, an ex-husband or something like that, and it really did make you feel uh, for her having a little kid, and and you know then there's this guy, and the cops are kind of like, well, we hung around here for a while, but you know we're leaving because you know it's you know he's not coming, and she's like, no, you know you don't understand. Well, did he ever hit you? Well, no, but you know I think you know he's. You She's know, obviously saying he's nuts, you know. The the scene like that and some other things made me feel like this this movie almost had a, a sexist kind of feel to it at times because they they would do that to her, like the cops would kind of be like you're being hysterical, and then. But I think that's the way a lot of co- the 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 cops were back then, you know. Well, with women like that, you know, it was like, well, the, oh, you know, you're just being a chick. Well, the, the way that the way that Duvall would talk about his crazy wife too. Like the same kind of thing, and you're like, yeah. oh, she lost her figure. You know, what else does she have to do? Like, I don't know. Like, I had that feeling a few times. Maybe it's just the the generation that a lot of the characters. But that but I I want I wonder if they weren't intentionally intentionally doing that. Yeah. That was just another form of bigotry or you know chauvinism. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is coming from me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> man, man, the, man. the gap tooth. Uh, I put McDonald's, but it wasn't McDonald's. It was something else. But the gap tooth manager, my cousin, who's a total fucking piece of shit, looks just like him and would I've smile. I've seen that guy, too. Yeah, oh, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Uh, whammy, see, I whammy, like, it was Whammy Burger. Yeah, Whammy Burger. I like when um, you knew what was in that bag, the bag full of guns, but he would walk into a place and no one, nobody else knew, but when he would set it up on the counter, they would kind of play like some kind of music that would be like an eerie mm-hmm. kind of music. It's, these people are oblivious. They don't know what's in there, but you know, you know. Um, and then, you know, just to show what a fucking dick he is, his whole thing was he wanted breakfast, and it was two minutes after 1030, so they were serving lunch, and they wouldn't give him lunch. And then after he fucking acts like a goddamn fucking Baby. little kid throwing a fucking fit with a gun, then he turns around and he says, I changed my mind. I think I will have lunch. I was like, "You fi-. even if he had a gun, I think I would have jumped across there and said, you stupid motherfucker. You know, that pissed me off. Um, now, the, at one point, um, Duval's boss, the captain, uh, says to him, he, he, after he says all this, you know, he puts his foot in his mouth about his kid. And, um, you know, and that really, that was another thing. That was almost like Anthony Wong with his wife. In the first one, when they yeah, were when yeah. they were talking about Duvall's kid, it was like God. That really, that really 
it did push some emotional buttons. But then when the captain kind of comes clean, he's like, you know, we don't like you. I never liked you. And he says, this this hit close to home. He says, I don't trust a man that doesn't curse. And you never curse. And <laughs> da, da, da. I, I, The girl that I dated and lived with that said that, th- that she thought this movie was hilarious, her dad, the first time I met him, they had a farm. He had a farm. And he was a redneck, and he was a big hunter and stuff. And he was like, first, first time I meet him, he says, uh, do you hunt? Or, or do you hunt? Do you fish? And I was like, well, you know, I said, I, ha- I haven't in a, in a while, but I said, you know, you used to go all the time. He goes, that's good. He goes, I've never, never, met, a, met, a, never met a guy or a man or whatever he said that was worth a damn that didn't hunt or fish. And I just, you know, I look back on that and I'm like, that is so fucking stupid. It's such a stupid point of view, but you know, whatever. It's just ignorant people. Uh, uh, one thing, the golfer assholes. You know, that's another thing that you know. Uh, I was, just, I, I, I did, I, I was like, okay, those assholes. Yeah, there that. were just so, there were just so many things in this that that I could relate to almost every single <laughs> thing in this. But because I'm a rational, normal human being, you know, I, I might get hot under the collar about this or that. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to go berserk, but that's the difference between you can't think rationally what an irrational person is thinking. But, yeah, those guys were dickheads. And that guy, that guy, and that guy hit that fucking golf ball at him. I swear to God that I wanted to go out there and take that golf ball and shove it – or that golf club and shove it up that old man's asshole. You could kill somebody with a fucking golf ball. They, that's, a, that's, like a, that's like a jock thing there. You know? mm-hmm. It's stupid. Uh, let's see, Mr. Peepers just scratched the shit out of me. Uh, I think that was my last note. But anyway, um, I like the movie. I, I, I don't think even the first time I saw it that I was like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> this is like that chick, you know, this is my, that was the funniest movie. I thought it was so great. It's one of my favorite movies. But I, I see the point it's making. Like you said, it's very heavy handed, but I think mm-hmm. that's, you know, if it wasn't, it would be like, you know, Joe or something like that. It, it, they added a lot of, you know, humor and kind of mean-spirited humor. Mm-hmm. And then you're sitting there saying that, like me saying the thing about the golf club guy. But but the thing is, we're just saying it. We're not Yeah, yeah we're not actually, actually doing it. And if you actually look at it, you're like, you know, when he walked in the store, you know, that's the price on the fucking item, you know? And uh, so I don't know, but anyway, that's that's all I have. Um, this, um, you know, eighteen-year-old me probably would have rated this differently. Yeah. Um, I I still like this movie. Um, I would have liked to have seen it. I would have liked to see this movie, which I probably have, and I'm just overreact. I'm just not thinking about it, overlooking it now. But I would like to see this movie done either at a different time or by a different director, like for a smaller audience, more a darker movie maybe, or have Charlie Murphy be the star. And he's like, uh, uh, dealing the, doing the exact same thing, but dealing with, uh, Caucasian stereotypes. Yeah. Well, I mean, they probably have done that. Haven't they? I would have, maybe like sixties, Black exploitation or something. Maybe I yeah I don't know I don't know. Uh, I, I'm sure that I'm sure I've seen something like that. I just can't think of it offhand. 
Um, or even better, a transsexual dealing um, with heterosexual stereotypes and mores. And they cool. could have, let's see, Michael Fassbender play the transsexual. <laughs> um, and he would be going to meet his, let's see, I mean, I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm just going with this. Lee Marvin would be his ex-lover. He, and he was abusive. Not Lee Marvin. But uh, yes, yes, Lee Marvin would be like you know he was the he was the battered wife. Lee Marvin was the battered wife. Lee Marvin would be in drag too. No, Clint Eastwood would be the <laughs> granny, the, the transsexual. No, Clint Eastwood would put his his uh, his his old wife in there to get beat up. Lock, Sandra Lock. <laughs> she would play a guy. Uh, anyway, it's um. Like I said, I wish I would not. When I say darker, there's some dark moments in this, but I wish it, I wish I could see it more, less for a, a wide audience. I, I'm curious what a more a, a more limited view of this, or a darker or more artistic view of this would be. Not that this is not to take anything away from this, but this movie at this point in my life, because uh, because I don't agree with most characters' reactions in this movie, it, that that does it. And then the fact that you get. Most mainly the fact that you get that kind of heavy handedness where it's like, all right, how much more shit could happen to this guy in one day? I, I'm getting the point already, kind of thing. Um, but it, it's still, it's still, it's still a great performance by Douglas, which makes it a good movie for me. I give it a seven point five. I would give this a, I'd give it a seven. Um, I think Douglas is good. Mm-hmm. I think Robert Duvall is good, and I, like I said, I, I just. Uh, I know what point it's making. It's just uh, lots of stereotypes, very heavy-handed. Yep. But uh, it's you know, I I did not enjoy watching it. It, I I, I think it's that you know the point that you made about uh, it really is cool to watch it now after watching it when I was younger and mm-hmm. seeing how I perceive it differently. You yep. know, yep. And now that I'm more mature. Mature. Cool. 7.5 and a 7. Good little flick there, too. Uh, let's take another break and come back, and we got some feed sack for you. We'll be right back. When you're watching movies, are you sick of remakes, reboots, reimaginings, reinventions, and Reese Witherspoon? Are you fed up with movies where giant robots try to remake Into the Dragon? Do you think that torture porn is vastly inferior to 1970s drive-in porn? Do you find Botox actresses with fake tits and action heroes with no chest hair a turn-off? Do movies where no single shot lasts more than two and a half seconds piss you off? Yeah, me too. That's why I do Paleo Cinema Podcast, a podcast for films more than 20 years old. So if you think that Sid Charisse is a guy and that Myrna Loy is a kind of metal... You need Paleo Cinema Podcast. Go to paleo-cinema.com and do yourself a favour.
Eric bringing the Michael Douglas link. Yeah. I'm romancing the stone. I used to fucking, I watched Romancing the Stone and Jewel of the Nile so much when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, we had that on VHS, or we had a VHS recorded off my grandma's HBO, and I watched that thing over and over again. I don't know why. It's, it's an entertaining movie. Is it really for like? Didn't they make I mean, a sequel? Yeah, Romancing the Stone and uh, Jewel of the Nile. Jewel I probably saw Nile. Jewel of the Nile more than. Uh, oh, and they were one year apart. I mean, but that's weird that I watched them because I would have been like eight, nine years old when these came out. So. You know what's her name was pretty goddamn. She she was hot. She kind of had that low, kind of uh, husky, sexy voice or whatever. But she boy, still she does. Got, she got. Big. <laughs> what was her name? Kathleen Turner. Kathleen Turner. Yeah. But yeah. she was one of the, one of these ones, like in Body Heat or in Romancing Stone. She didn't have big boobs, but she would always have her shirt like unbuttoned, mm-hmm. and she, she, you know, she didn't have big, hardly any boobs at all. But it was really sexy because mm-hmm. she never wore a bra. <laughs> What's up with guys that they like that? It's almost like the whole the whole thing about women like liking having guys come all over their face and in their mouth. Yeah. yeah, what's up with women? Well, you know what? Really, <laughs> when it comes right down to it, with all the all the the stereotypes and all the shit that happened to Michael Douglas in that movie, all the racism and the and the homophobia and all that stuff and everything, what it all really came down to was that chick fucked him up. <laughs> it's true. If she just stayed with him like a good wife. Shut her fucking pie hole. Everybody would have been happy. Everybody. Yeah, except her. <laughs> and Duvall. He probably wouldn't have. Yeah. If Tuesday Will would have been skinnier. You know, but that's, you know. Uh, hey, he had her when she was she was young and hot. Yeah, yeah. He had his child. Well, I mean, look time. at him. Yeah, he I mean, was. Hell, he wasn't a goddamn, I mean, all-headed <laughs> fucking asshole. <laughs> all right. Let's play some feed sack. Oh, let's let's get the oh god Jesus Christ it's gonna be midnight. Yes, it is. Here we go. Yeah, whatever. Go ahead. Oh hell yeah! Oh, it's Sam Kelt, Steve Austin, and I'm watching Parker with Jason Statham right now. And Jason Statham reminded me of Sylvester Stallone because he started these Spangles movies like the first one with me with Stallone and. Uh, that's right, I'm drinking a beer. You see, I may have a vendetta against Stallone, who for some reason wanted to call in last week and said I was Stone Cold Steve Meatball. Well, that's a pathetic, pussy-ass little name, nickname to give me. I'd be called worse by my 12-year-old daughter. Let me tell you something, Stallone Zomers, right? I broke your neck on the set of Expendables, and that's why you didn't bring me back to Expendables, Duke, so I would have broke it again and dope you already. He's my new Owen Hart, but the difference was Owen Hart broke my neck, so I'm going to broke his back again. But the other difference was I like Owen Hart, and I don't like Sylvester Stallone, bitch-ass punk Hollywood pussy. But you see, I do like... Jason Statham, I see a little bit of Stone Cold on me. He's ruthless. He's nearly bald. He can whip some ass and hold his beer. And he makes some good action movies like this partner. And like to say, I like the bank job. And I like watching Statham movies. It's much better bullet to the head. I wish you wouldn't make me put a bullet to my head. I even watched that Schwarzenegger's <laughs> joint the last stand a few other days ago. And that was better than bullet to the head. Even if Stallone's old, uh, Stallone, I'm sorry, Schwarzenegger's old and a little out of shape, but it's okay because he can still wear my ass. Stallone. So I just wanted to call in 
say, oh, there's Nick Nelty, by the way. I'm watching. I'm going to put this on pause because when Nick Nelty's talking, I listen because Nelty is better than Sylvester Stallone and he didn't star in any pussy-ass Rodstone musical bullshit with Dolly Parton. That is true. See, Stallone wants you to know that if we and you ever cross paths again, I'll break that neck again. And I just want you, Dom, love to know that we may have our differences and I may call in about it, but up cancel with ass. Excuse me once nice. again. I got a couple beers on me in this Sunday. I may bullshit with you guys, but I like the work that you do, you guys. You guys keep it real each weekend, week out. You've released good movies. You shit on some shitty Stallone movies like Brian Stone. You know, and I ain't no, and like that Jeff from SF, whose ass I would whip. I, I don't think you two were a he bunch of like degenerates. Well, actually, boat. you are. You are filthy. But that's why I love selling gold. He does love us. And you know, that's what brings me and Stallone together. Because we may have our differences, but we love you, some bitches. So you keep up the good work. I'm looking forward to episode 100, and that's right around the corner. Oh, hell yeah! All right. Hey! <laughs> what is that? I think it was Mikey again. He hadn't called in a while. Yeah. Thanks, Mikey. All right. Sit back and relax. We got a big one. That's what she said? Yeah, I don't know. It isn't. Oh, silver and gold. Me so horny. Hey, lads. It's Bad James here from Australia. Stop. I uh, just thought I'd call in and uh, talk to you guys about a few things from last week's episode. You got a headache. Fuck. Now, first things first. <laughs> Let's get this uh, out of the way. I uh, rewatched Prometheus for the first time. Since I saw it in the cinema. Uh, yeah, just uh, last night, actually, as I'm recording this. And I've really got to say, um, now, you know, I've, I've slated this movie quite heavily what? in the past. No. And after a second watch, i really got to retract what I did say previously about... Here it comes. You know, terrible. And I really do have to say this time around that it was... Mm-hmm. Fucking awful. See, told you. <laughs> nah, guys, really, uh, on the second watch, it did fare a little better, but it's still got some serious fucking issues. And Yeah, I did enjoy it a bit more, though. So, um, you can't you know, have fun. I, I think that my hate for it now has <laughs> died down a bit, and I can, I can let it go. Um, you know, it, it's certainly not the worst in the Alien franchise. It's nowhere near it. Um, I would say Resurrection is by far the fucking worst. I mean, I w- tried to watch that again, and I got about halfway through, and this was about a couple of weeks ago, and it's just I'm like, all right oh, with this that is one. fucking shit. At least with Prometheus, I can actually get through it occasionally <gasps> yelling at the screen. And I showed the wife, and she sort of agreed with me at the end that it was kind of dumb, but, uh, you know, Duh. like you guys said, <laughs> people do dumb shit. Maybe i just got to fucking let it go. I, I know I rail against it pretty bad, but God Damn, it's just some dumb shit in there. I can't fucking believe it. It just makes me angry just thinking about it. But anyway, let's just leave that where it is. So, yes, second time around, slightly better. but Better. Um, not a hell of a lot. Okay, uh, you guys were talking about your first VHS movie that you bought. Now, I had a long, hard think about it, and I can't exactly remember my first VHS but I think one of the first I ever bought was Guyver 
Nice. Now I don't know if you guys ever have heard of that show, that movie. It's a it's Mark an Hamill. old uh, action sort of superhero sort of <sighs> movie, but it was real tongue in cheek and really terribly acted. And it had uh, that West guy from uh, Reanimator in it as a crazy Ew. scientist you know, <laughs> playing against type. And uh, <clears throat> it's uh, yeah, over here in Australia, it was called Mutronics, which is <laughs> strange, but. Everywhere else in the world was called Giver. And, um, Wait. It had, uh, I thought Mark Hamill was in that movie. Yeah, he is Mark in movie. Hamill in there. Yeah, there you go. He's, he's a fucking terrible actor. <laughs> you can see why that guy never went any further. He's just awful in that movie. But the movie is actually really, really good. So, like, really good fun to watch. And it, it, as bad as it is, it's got some fucking kick ass moments in it. If you guys get a moment, just watch the one scene. Just go on YouTube and watch the one scene where. He changes from, you know, kid into the fucking Giver, and it's badass, man, how that suit just blasts out the back of his neck. Yeah, so I fucking loved it back in the day. I think it was about 13 or 14 when I first bought my first movie. But when you were talking about memories, I was thinking, do you ever have, uh, have you got like, you know, when your olfactory senses kick in, is there a certain smell, like when you open up a new... You know, when you open up a VHS case and smell that plastic, do you get a rush of memories? Like, I know with me, I get um, a huge rush of memory whenever I smell brand new carpet being laid in a house, and all I can remember is out, like the the town or city, but it's it, the city I live in. It's technically a city, but it's pretty small. It's like a town. There's only about thirty five thousand people here, so. Um, but back when I was fucking five years old, or even younger, no, nah, about five probably, um, our first video store opened up ever. And that was basically a little tin garden shed in the back of this guy's house in the backyard. And all the walls were lined with carpet. It's a shed it thing. So new. Like, and I was so young. Like, the walls had carpet. The new carpet in this <laughs> tiny little room. Like, we're talking... A six square meter room. Um, I'm the smell in there in the was just new carpet smell, you know. So every time I, every time I smell new carpet, all I can think of is this new video, sh- new new little tiny little video store at the back of this guy's house because there's there no actual stores yet. Like my dad bought one of the first VHS players. Was there actual videos there? You know, there's only a handful. Just of people, people in a, reenacting you know, so movies. That was just that that old guy's. No Getting better. James to come into and, his house, uh, into yeah, the so room with the carpet on the car, wall. I just get this rush of the <laughs> like rush. and extra and all these fucking movies that had some pretty horrible shit on there, but that's what you're sort of attracted to as a kid, you know. You sort of see these things, ooh, I want to see that. Jaws, you know, all these old covers, you know, it's just it's just awesome, you know. So I, I remember the... My there was a video store my aunt used to take me to because like I like I've said before we were late getting a VCR but my my aunt that would babysit me from time to time and my grandmother both had my aunt being my mom's sister both had VCRs before us and we would go to this tiny little video store I mean this thing was like a glorified closet and um, the 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 they as tiny as it was it still had a separate section for porn. And but there was a <laughs> there was a poster for Jaws on the back wall that I wanted to see. So I would 
I would I remember walking up to this poster, which led me right straight into the because it was up high, so I could see over the top of the porn section, which you had to walk through a little like beaded curtain. But I wanted to see it because you could see it over the. It was like you know one of those internal walls that they'll build where it's just a, it's just like a partition. It's not an mm-hmm. actual room. So you could still see the Jaws poster up near the ceiling. So I walked basically through this beaded curtain into the porn room when I was like six to see the Jaws poster. <laughs> you know, I mean, oh, we would go there. Out of there. We would always go there to rent. Uh, I, I probably rented Never Ending Story like thirteen times there, but um, but yeah, I know porn? I have that memory too. What were you saying? What about porn? I never. I didn't rent porn until I was in college. Oh, okay. <laughs> still had to rent it then, though. They didn't have. Couldn't find it on the internet so easily. Anyway, here we go. Yeah. Bet you guys would have memories like that, where you actually like smell something and just get a rush of memories to do with film. You yeah, know, I just like farted. I do all the time. It'd be interesting to hear what you guys have to say about. Reminded me of rhinestone. Yeah, new carpet for me. It's <laughs> one of my favourite fucking smells. I just love it, and I get this image in, in my head. This little tiny little shed. So, uh, yeah, enough crapping on about that. Um, now you were talking about uh, baseball films. Uh, Field of Dreams. I didn't actually mind that. I mean, baseball is not a thing here in Australia. It's, uh, we got our fucking cricket, mate, and our, <laughs> yeah, again, cricket. <laughs> Crickets. Cricket. Yes. Nice. But, uh, we don't follow I didn't do that, I baseball at all. Um, makes no sense to us, really. But I do love a few baseball movies. Now, A League of Their Own is actually pretty good. I enjoyed Field of Dreams, you know, a bit, you know, but the one I do love the most is The Natural with uh, Robert Redford. I fucking, mm-hmm. something about that movie, I just dig it, you know, so <coughs> if you haven't seen that one, I bet you have. Like, I have. Which, um, if you haven't seen it, fucking check it out, it's a good one. Um, what else did I want to talk about? Uh, I don't know, why don't you just air it out? Oh, yeah, um, your Midnight <laughs> Express music at the end of the show. Well, a slight variation for, I don't know, some fucking wrestling or some shit. <laughs> um, have you guys actually ever reviewed Midnight Express? No. If you haven't, I'd really love to see what you guys, how, how that film reviews, because... But I don't know. I think back to my youth. And, like, how long ago I've seen some of these movies. Ever been in a Turkish prison? And I think, um, did my fucking parents, like, monitor what I was watching as a kid? Because (laughs) I have some really early memories, especially of that movie, Midnight Express. And I can remember, like, it being fucking brutal. And when that guy was put up on that coat hook at the end, just fucking slammed onto that coat hook. I saw that. Shit, man! I was too young when I saw that because that—that was a memory <laughs> forever. I hate you, Dad. Uh, I'm just wondering if you guys have ever reviewed it because I, I, I did we watch it a couple of years ago, and it's a fucking cracking good film, absolutely. And that prison he's in, Jesus fucking Christ! Ugh. But yeah, maybe anyway. we could do that um, with like what's the and uh, the second oh, prison boxing movie with do a double sometime. Please, can you do a car porn movie? Car uh, porn. Double car porn. Definitely. I, I've, there's a film called The Wraith. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. Gentleman it's did that. really cheesy. Who? And it's exactly. pretty terribly acted in that. But <laughs> that, that film just holds a... Has, has a big soft spot for me. So I just... Oh, a hard spot for me, actually. 
Oh, I fucking love it. So if you guys could review that one one day, that'd be great. Maybe write it on the list. Did you say on Monday? And uh, tear it up with uh, Mad Max too, because that's fucking badass with the vehicles in there. And, what is um, But the uh, the car from the Wraith, I just that's oh. my favourite car, my favourite film car of all time. That is the most badass looking fucking car of all time. <laughs> just incredible. Even now, I still watch it just for those scenes of that car. It's fucking beautiful. And uh, keep your chin up, boys. I still love your work. I wouldn't have listened to fucking over 150 hours of you guys dribbling shit in my ears if I thought the show sucked. Now, admittedly, when uh, I started listening to the very first episodes of uh, Silver and Gold, it it was just like, who are these two fucking douchebags? But uh, (laughs) I pressed on through, you know, and... uh, and once I got to know what you were both like, I fucking hang out each week. It's one of my favourite podcasts to listen to. I just love it. So One? You know, it got me through the times of painting my extensions on the house. And, we're number one. Three or four we're number like, one. Yeah, I fucking yeah. hang up for this show. I love it. And now it's one of my top favourite shows to download each week. So one keep of. it up, boys. You're still fucking legends in our <laughs> eyes. And, and even if there's only 11 of us, you've got our attention. So... Yes. Shit, man. That's all you need. Some of my best gigs that I ever played were to like five people because <laughs> I had most fun. Like when there's a huge crowd, that's great. But when there's like five or six people, it, yeah, you just sort of it's it's very cool. Boosh. So, but you guys got more than that. So, <laughs> so yeah, don't uh, don't cut yourself short, boys. It's fucking you do great work. So uh, keep it up. Bullshit. And down and Stop lying. More movies and. We know what we are. So keep it up, and I'll talk to you next time. My nose is running. Um, Oh, I recognize that one. Yeah, I'm giving that. I'm giving that voicemail a bad review. (laughs) Like he doesn't even have any fucking sense about how to act in public. He probably hates women too. Uh, Farter. (laughs) He's a filthy (laughs) farter. He did call in another one, so he's going to talk about falling down a little bit. Here we go. I love you. Yes, I do. Silver and gold. It's bad. James here again. Uh, I just wanted to quickly call in and talk about falling down. Now, I won't hold up much more of your time because I already sent an 11-minute email before. Voicemail. Whatever the fuck. Now, um, falling down. One of my favorite movies of all time. I fucking love this movie. It's in my top ten easily. Uh It's... uh, (laughs) It's, it's it's lightning in a bottle. Everything in that movie came together very, very well. Now, I mean, you know, I can understand some people not liking certain parts of it, but I can't pick really any part of the movie that is bad. Um, you know, the, Michael Douglas is fucking perfect. And um, Robert Duvall as Prendergast is just unbelievable, you know. Um, he's the poor, beaten down, retiring, you know, old guy, and he really just... Shows what he's made of right up to the end there. And it's just fucking fantastic. Now, um, there's so many punchier moments in the film because you're following along with Michael Douglas's character and that he, he's just doing everything we wish we could do and he's just doing it there on screen. Really? It's fucking fantastic. But once he takes a dark turn, well, yeah, you start going, hang on a minute. This guy's really fucking, he's fucking crazy. You know, that, and that's what's so good about the movie because you, you're kind of with him. The whole way, and you just go, yeah, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, you know. But you get to this point where it's like, holy shit, I mean, this guy is really off his rocker. He's a fucking maniac. Um, so, 
it kind of makes you think about what you were thinking before and it's really, really fun. maybe the and first so stop he makes at the dro- at the grocery store you think he's a maniac <laughs> well i think my favorite line out of that whole movie it goes like this ready what is this doing in there faggot shit <laughs> <laughs> i love that guy man who i don't know <laughs> what he is, what else he is in but he fucking is great as that neo nazi fucking skinhead douche nozzle douche nozzle just brilliant and um, Michael Douglas, he, yeah, he he just nails this fucking movie. This movie is like a nine point three 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 recurring for me. <laughs> fucking fantastic. Not quite a ten because that's a very hard height to get to. You know, Aliens takes that mantle, but uh, but yeah, nine nine. Ah, oh, fucking brilliant. I love it. Uh, so yes, keep up the show, love it, and uh, I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about falling down because <laughs> it's seriously one of my favourite movies of all time. And it's good that you guys are finally reviewing something that's a good movie. He's going to be so angry. It's, uh, it's a little bit uh, tiresome. <laughs> anyway, guys, um, I got to get back. I'm sitting out in my shed here. I got to get back to uh, practicing. These songs I have to learn to play at the pubs and stuff, so back to what I go. It's Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. That song actually got big at the fucking Apple store. Those are the people that were actually listening to that horse shit. What the hell is that? I don't know. Some stupid little girl's song, like, it's Friday, Friday is the name. I, the name, name of the song is Friday, but it's some, some, just some lame pop song that got popular for like a week that everybody thought they needed on their goddamn iPhone. Um. So yeah, thanks, James. I I hope we uh, did falling down justice for you. I know we probably didn't like it now as much as you, but yeah. Well, that's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. We got one more feed sack, and then it's time for bed. Fucking a. Hey. This is Sylvester He really did that one out. You know you. Been talking about how your energy levels are getting low. So let me tell you something, you know? Let me propose a situation to you guys. Human growth hormone. You guys come to fucking Hollywood, come to my fucking mansion, and we'll get down in my basement. And we'll fucking strip down, do our fucking <laughs> underpants, and work out like some fucking mean motherfuckers. You know, I've developed some fucking exercises the three guys in just their other pants can do, you know, fucking unique exercises. And the best thing is, you know, the more we work out, the sweatier we'll get. And the sweatier we'll get, the harder it is to grip on to each other, you know? It's fucking, all that sweat makes it a little slippy, you know? And that means we have to work even fucking harder, pushing our muscles and bodies to the fucking absolute limit of their potential. <laughs> And I can guarantee that you guys will feel things deep in your muscles that you never felt before in your life, you know? And you'll come out of that experience change man. You'll feel fucking great. I guarantee that shit, you know? And fucking, it's understandable that your energies are fucking dipped. You know, you reviewed Rhinestone, the greatest action movie of all time. So, you know, I think that that movie was just too good for you guys to handle. You fucking ended up shitting on it, you know? I think it was because 
it was just too much of you. you. You guys just couldn't handle that much sly in one week. You know, two sly movies in one week. It's a hard other day. Very with the fucking. It is theory, overwhel- you know? overwhelming. Yes. So, yeah, I, you know, because I caused this fucking low in your energy levels. I I want to give something back to you. So yeah, come on down to my place and we'll fucking we'll get fucking straight to it. You know, I'll. You get to the door, I'll be there in my underpants. So, you know, I'll, I'll just be there. I don't even need to strip that. I'll just be waiting there in my underpants at the door for you guys to arrive. You come in, I'll fucking rip your clothes off. We'll be in our underpants. We'll fucking get down to it. You'll feel great after it. You'll look like new men. You'll feel like new men. And fucking the quality of silver is going to be so much better. You know, fucking everyone fucking love your show even more, you know? Fucking... All of you listeners, they love Sly, you know, they fucking tune in just to listen to Sly, but, you know, the 10% the that listen to you guys, you know, that'll go to, like, at least 15% of the people that listen to Seafood Gold, the, you know, out of the fucking 100% that listen to Sly, 15% will listen to the rest of the show and listen to you guys and appreciate what you guys do, you know, you fucking, you get there, man, you get there, you'll be as big as Sly one day, you know. But it takes determination. It takes hard work. And, and I think, you know, I'm gonna. I need to set you guys on the right path. And fucking, let's do it. Right. I I'm gonna see you tomorrow. Come around tomorrow. We'll fucking do this. We're shit. on our way. Ugh. 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 What do you think? Are we going? No. No. Yeah. I no. think that you will be surprised. Well, you might not be. But. um... The guy who played the neo-Nazi mm. in Falling Down. I mean, I know you've seen him in a million things. Uh, he was the dad in uh, 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 Valley Girl. <laughs> nice. He was chef in Apocalypse Now. He was in The Conversation. Fuck. He's been in a million things. I mean, that's why everybody's like, who is that guy? And I'm like, how the fuck did you... Frederick Force has been in a, a fucking ton of fucking great movies. What's wrong oh, with yeah, you? Val- he was the pot smoking dad, right? Yeah, yeah. He played your part. Oh my god, the fuck! He was he played your part in Apocalypse Now too. <laughs> <laughs> with the big mustache. He was in something called The Stone Boy. Boy also, boy. also with Robert Duvall and Glenn Close and Dean Kane. What? He was in uh, the the Dion Brothers or Gravy Train with Stacy Keach. You know the Kirk fucking Douglas. Yes. He was the other. He was Stacy Keach's brother. All right, fucking a. Oh, this guy's yeah, been. I'm in telling everything. you, he's been in a ton of shit. Margot Kidder. God. So thank you everybody for the feed sack. You can always send us feed sack to two zero six three three nine. 1600 or to silver gold podcast at gmail.com find us on itunes find us on silverandgold.com and find us on stitcher and join our facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash silver and gold next week on the show it's been a long time <laughs> what are we gonna do oh we already talked about it we have we have already talked about so. it um oily maniac has requested us to do a what was the? What was it, I forgot what exactly he called it here. Um, two shitty movies. Two really shitty movies. Um, let me see what Criminal Cock double feature. Uh, we're going to do Rape Thirteenth Hour, a Roman porno, and we're going to do 
the cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover with Helen Mirren. Yeah. There will probably be some nudity involved, I would imagine. We'll see. So, yes, that's uh, Oily Maniacs double for next week. I am going to lie down and close my eyes and forget the day ever happened. Sam, <laughs> do you have anything else, sir? Nope. Yeah. Well, until next week, this is Loathe Oot. Uh-huh. Bye.